Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Father's Day weekend as we get rolling. We just make it an entire weekend. Forget about just Sunday. I guess it's our day. Better believe it. Not that I've really put much stock into that ever, Uh, but that's okay. U.S. Open round number two. Tiger Woods is in the middle of his round, and we'll see uh, if he can make any hay, but he's kind of stuck in neutral right now. Where the leaders are, we'll update you on that. We're talking a little golf because, heck, we're at a golf place. The hardest things about being a dad. We'll have uh, that, and one of them does not exist for you. I'll tell you that a little bit later on, Austin Interesting, Lane. okay. But uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. And, of course, the mushy stuff, the best stuff about being a dad. I mean, let's just make everybody cry on their way home. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. You stop in the PGA Tour Superstore here at the Town Center. You know where it is. And if you don't, you could look it up. You, you, you come near the Town Center, you'll see the PGA Tour Superstore. And challenge us on the uh, par three closest to the pin. Austin Lane was the big winner the last time. We'll see about the rematch today. We have to take our shots in just a couple of moments. And uh, you can come in and win a prize pack, also a $20 gift card, and uh, much, much more if you can uh, beat us here on the simulator until 6 o'clock. So make sure you stop in a great place to shop for Dad if you're still looking for a gift. And if I know all of you out there, if I know everybody, you have not got Dad a gift yet. You Probably not. Days, um, with, but you're not have that. Dad doesn't have a gift yet. Dad doesn't have a gift yet. And with all due respect, if you come in here and you think you're going to beat me, well, obviously that's not going to happen. So come get a handshake from me. Maybe take a picture with Brent, and then we will <laughs> send you on your merry way. Because as far as the prizes and things, they're going to go back in the bin, and we'll save them for another contest. Because that's kind of what we've been doing here lately at the PGA uh, Tour Store. Yeah, we have accumulated some. You yes, were we have. The last time out. Yeah, uh, I cannot be beat. Uh, are, you, are you feeling? Are you nervous right now? Uh, not nervous at all. I just a played. Eight, I just played eighteen holes, so I'm warmed okay. up. Warmed up and everything. That's fine. Felt pretty good. Okay, we'll see. Um, but uh, a lot of pressure riding on you, Brent. Hey, the, we talked yesterday about the uh, St. Louis Blues winning the NHL. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Stanley Cup. Yep. What's interesting there is we said, ah, uh, you know, I, I actually said, I said, don't hear, don't, I don't want to hear about people complaining and getting greedy and saying it's not a great game seven. And it really wasn't. Game sevens are usually good, but it was four to one. It, it, it lacked the drama that you wish a game seven had. Yep. Well, here I am coming in today to say, so did this one a little bit, the yeah. NBA. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't drama-filled, but it kind of felt a bit anticlimactic. I don't know if that's the road team winning again like the Blues did against the Bruins and Toronto just did against the Warriors. Obviously, with the injuries, I mean, what was Golden State supposed to do when they lose a guy to an Achilles and Kevin Durant, who's mm-hmm. probably the best player going in the NBA, and then Clay Thompson, who's such a big part of that team, mm-hmm. to the ACL? That I mean, was a rough one. Man, oh, man. Because... I think I think most of the people thought like when Clay Thompson went up, you know, and he uh, gets fouled. And let's be fair, it, it wasn't like it was a cheap play or anything like that. I mean, it, it was a hard foul. No, but that was you, you see those clean, all the time in the NBA. Play. And like I thought immediately, like it was like his hamstring or whatever. Like he was, you know, he had uh, injured prior. And then he goes to the locker room, you know, and he has to come back out and shoot the free throws, which he he nailed. And then all of a sudden, uh, 
Doris Burke comes back and says, yeah, he's out for the game, and then you find out it was a torn ACL. Yeah, see, that Which, wasn't surprising to me because... You, you thought it was a torn ACL the whole time? Well, I don't... I'm, no, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say I diagnosed it, but we were discussing it at a TV station, and, and he's, he's uh, uh, I think it was John Bachman was saying, it looked like it might have been MCL because that's the inside. Okay. I was like, I don't know what it is, but it does... Just because you have a torn ACL, it sounds so bad, but people can walk on a torn ACL. Oh, yeah, You know, people sure. can... It Sometimes people will say it doesn't even hurt them that much, mm-hmm. and it can be torn. Now, there's different levels of it, but I've heard both ends of the story where you, you'd be like, why is that guy walking off the field like that? Or why is that walking off the court? Like, and you're telling me he's going to have reconstructed knee surgery, essentially? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... That's a, It wasn't a shocking to me once I saw the the under-the-basket replay mm-hmm. and what his leg did that it was a, a torn ACL. But you talk about snake bitten. You need breaks to win championships, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they didn't get him. <laughs> no, obviously didn't get it, him. Was, it was totally underwhelming because, I mean, I thought for sure Golden State was going to win at home, the last home game at the Oracle Arena. I thought, you know, they're going to send him out in style, E40, and what was playing there at uh, at halftime, man. The, the crowd was good and everything. And then, you know, the uh, Van Fleet and, and company had different ideas. So, And, by the way, what a crazy story with him, man. That's like, a great story. And you don't get drafted in the NBA, and then all of a sudden you become a pretty much bona fide. I think he's come off the bench, correct? He wasn't starting. Yeah. But um, he was a big, intricate part of that Raptors run. Uh, so a great story on his end. Obviously, the story was Kawhi Leonard got the finals MVP, which he definitely deserved. Um, couldn't have gone to a more just – Lacks of days ago. I mean, like, I was watching the press conference, waiting for some cool quotes and everything. Yeah, good didn't, luck. didn't didn't really get him. You know, I mean, he was uh, he was seen celebrating with some champagne on the whole ski goggles thing. So that was cool to see. Uh, probably the most emotion you're ever going to see from the guy. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, he he kind of he did hint at how difficult that year was for him. Yeah. You know, and, and another public perception versus reality potential mm-hmm. when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. And if you don't go out there and, and defend yourself day in, day out about public perception, mm-hmm. then you really – and a lot of people guess. And a lot there's rumors that are said. And even the people inside buildings are sometimes guessing and don't know. And, and so what the real story behind Kawhi Leonard was last year, we might not know until he writes a book someday and yeah. talks about being an MVP of a finals with the San Antonio Spurs and the Toronto Raptors. You see, just two people have done that, LeBron James and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, MVP in the NBA Finals with two different teams. So pretty good company. I mean, he's a fantastic player. But what did we say yesterday on the show? The Van Vliet's of the world, the Lowry's of the world, they are going to have to supplement what Kawhi Leonard was doing. And they did. Lowry early especially, right? He came out of the gate strong. And then uh, the three-point shooting in the fourth quarter. Lowry was insane off the bat. I'm like, okay, someone's been going on social media and seeing all these memes and everything and playing with a little chip on his shoulder. Like That was impressive. Kind of cooled off towards the end. But, yeah, I mean, he he did great. Like, listen, uh, Kawhi Leonard was the MVP of the finals, but it was definitely a team effort um, on on both sides of the ball too as well. Because this was, listen, for a while, Toronto was going, like, like I talked about, they're not afraid to shoot three pointers and try to outscore Golden State, and that was kind of the that was kind of the story for a while. So, props to Toronto, man. Um, you you would have loved to see it beat Golden State at full strength, you know, just to kind of see if they really were the true team. But that, that's the way the NBA goes sometimes. So you can't take nothing about it. you can't take nothing away from them. I mean, at the end of the day, when we're talking about the Toronto Raptors ten years from now. We talk about that championship. It's not going to be like oh, there's going to be an asterisk next to it because certain guys weren't playing. No, they're they're world champions, so props to them. Yeah, you don't remember it. You only remember it if they couldn't take advantage of it. 
and it would have only added to the Golden State Warriors' legacy mm-hmm. uh, to win. And and you know, I don't. I started to say I thought they'd go back to Toronto and win Game Seven, even with a healthy Clay Thompson. As I was watching Kawhi Leonard play late in that game, he looked exhausted. The ta- yeah. the tank started to look a little empty at the end of Game Five, even. But really, Game Six, I thought, and he was. He was not his normal productive productive self even during the first three quarters of Game Five until he went on that ten nothing run, and then I think even in this game, what do you have like eighteen points yeah. going like halfway well, through the fourth quarter? So, you know, that's one thing he didn't play last year. I think there's a LeBron James speaks to this a lot because he now knows the the calendar, what I call the calendar of the season, and he knows how to keep himself fresh throughout the year or as, as fresh as you can be without draining yourself so much. And Kawhi's a little bit like Leonard, uh, LeBron in the fact that he has to carry that team. Uh, even with Lowry, even with the Van Vliet's of the world, the Gasol's of the world, the, the uh, Siakam's of the world. They're nice complimentary players, but you still, that's one star. You have one star to carry your team, like LeBron usually was the guy. It wears on you. So him missing last year, and maybe that had a bit of an effect late here in the middle of June, making him a more fatigued. Now, maybe I'm just making it up, but yeah. it looked like it on TV that he was fatigued. <clears throat> and I started to wonder, I was like, man, if they go to Game 7, I don't know what he has left in the tank. I, I know everybody's tired, but yeah. they have more weapons on Golden State to be able to win a Game 7. If Kawhi Leonard wasn't fresh and not feeling great and only can chip in whatever 16, 20 points, that's not going to be enough for Toronto in a Game 7. Yeah, I mean, I said the same thing in Game 4 against the Milwaukee Bucks, the Eastern Conference Finals, though, too, and I said Kawhi Leonard looked tired, and Did he, he kind of proved it pretty wrong. Yeah. So Maybe I, it's I mean, just me watching Kawhi well, more. Well, no, and it's – I mean, it's, he is – an anomaly, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. And I, I don't know exactly what to pinpoint it, if it's his personality, if it's just he takes over when the game's on the line. Well, whatever it is, man, but he's just he's a different type of cat, and uh, he got the job done. But this is – it's kind of a weird scenario now because I almost feel like people are happy that the championships are over now because now we can talk about free agency. Because, I, I, honestly, and nothing against the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors, I feel like the free agency – is going to be the biggest storyline of the year for basketball. Yeah. You know, it's like, where's Anthony Davis going to go? Where's Kyrie Irving going to go? Where's Kawhi Leonard going to go? I mean, as soon as uh, the Raptors held up that trophy, that was like the thing on Twitter. It's like, all right, what's going to happen now? And Well, Woj uh, was already breaking news. Yeah, there you, know? you go. And, yeah. and he's already he's going to have a busy offseason. Yeah. I, mean, I think if you're Woj, there really is no offseason. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. In that job, there really isn't an offseason. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's crazy how, and again, the NBA and the NFL do this better than anybody. You know, it, it, years ago it was Major League Baseball with the Hot Stove League, but now it's the NFL offseason, which is always a conversation, whether it is the draft, the free agency, uh, the combine, uh, drama, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it might be. And the NBA has done a fantastic job of that, creating daily soap operas, and uh, I think it has helped boost uh, the NBA. What I was really interested in, the NBA versus the U.S. Open last night in Jacksonville. How will the numbers be, the ratings be? I'll share those with you coming up. Uh, also, uh, what's your thoughts on these dull championship finishers? Sure. You know, the Blues, the Spurs. Heck, we have to go back to the Super Bowl, right? It was a boring game. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it wasn't entertaining. It, it was interesting from a defensive standpoint, but... Uh, the NFL put the rules in place to score more offense. So, yeah, 
to, to the casual fan, definitely a boring game. And on top of that, Toronto, like what kind of champ will they be? You know, they the, the momentum of the NBA stops so the on-the-court stuff when the, the trophy gets raised. But I do think here, at least in the United States, do we care as much that Toronto has won a championship? Well, if Golden State had won again, it would have been four and five years. The dynasty, the you know, is does the NBA take a little bit of a hit, even though they'll keep so much momentum because of the free agency talk? From an on-the-court standpoint, I think uh, Toronto will be a forgotten champion at the end of the day, going back to the, maybe the Detroit Pistons when they won that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some examples of it. San Antonio, to a degree, was a forgotten dynasty yeah. <laughs> for so long. Yeah. Uh, and Toronto may fall into that category, at least in the United States. Now up there at Jurassic Park, well, they're going nuts. To, to be fair, Drake's supposed to drop two new tracks this weekend, so uh, he might just <laughs> keep the good times rolling. Yeah, so he might just keep the good times rolling, and we'll never forget about it. I'm sure we're never going to hear, hear the end of it, to tell you the truth from Drake. The so. Drake jinx is now officially over. Oh, man. I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but to be fair, Brent, and this goes back to, I think it was University of Kentucky. This was uh, when Tyson Fury got knocked out. I mean, pick your Drake curse. Like, I feel like it's been around forever, right? If you let an R&B singer dictate your performance, maybe professional sports just aren't for you, okay? So, with all due respect to Drake, um, the whole Drake curse thing kind of drives me crazy, but props to him, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't wait till next year when the Milwaukee Bucks come rolling around again, but... Drake can release some new songs. I'll probably listen to them. Hopefully they're more hip-hop oriented than R&B oriented. But shout out to the Raptors, man, in Jurassic Park. Where does the free agent market go? A little bit later on, we'll talk about where these guys could land. Also, though, what now for the NBA? It looks like the Warriors are about to be broken up, this dynasty. It, It could happen with all the free agency. Who's the next big thing in the NBA? Is it the Bucks? You hope so, but it's well, a yeah. reality. I don't know. U.S. Open Talk. I'll give you an update on Tiger Woods and everyone else. Come on out to the PGA Tour Superstore. Yeah, we've got plenty of football talk on the way as well, including one of the opponents of the Jaguars this year. We'll check in with the New York Jets later in the program. But come on out. PGA Tour Superstore. We're here until 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. Oh, yeah, we just went Tiger versus Rory over here. We have props on the video feed here at PGA Tour Superstore. By the way, I will be shopping at some point today. We should probably make our shots before people start coming in wanting yeah, we should free do that. stuff, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. What the heck did you do all commercial break? Uh, well, you have to go first because I'm the defending champ. Oh. I can put Champ always goes second, Brent. I'll put the pressure on. I like it. Oh, please. I'll tell you right now, anything... Anything over 15 feet, Brent, you should feel nervous about. That's all I'm going to say. Well, anything under 15 feet today for Tiger Woods has not been going in. Uh, he's uh-huh. had a, plenty of looks, and, well, nothing really coming. Uh, nothing happening here so far. Uh, par putt <laughs> from 18 inches, says Tiger Tracker, uh, 25 minutes ago. I think if my feed is correct, uh, Justin Rose is still at eight under par. He's kind of bounced back and forth. Uh, started the day six under, two under through 12 holes. They started on the back nine. Aaron Wise, five under. He finished an even round this morning. He had five under yesterday. Uh, Fowler, Shoffley, Ustase, and getting set to tee off here uh, in a bit. I might be a little, I might be a shade behind uh, this feed, but we'll see if that's uh, accurate or not. I feel like it's a, a little bit behind on my computer. Uh, Tiger Woods, two under par, really is stuck in neutral. Doesn't have a lot going on 
uh, so far. He's had he's hit the ball a lot better than he did yesterday, but right now he's ended up with the same score and uh, not making uh, a, a big move. But he's not also out of it. Uh, my my thing is for Tiger Woods or really anybody, if you're within six shots going into the weekend, okay. I like your chances. Uh, now that you can be outside that line too, mm-hmm. but. I'd prefer if you were within six shots if I've got you in my pool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and I'll give you a chance because you have one big round, really good round, and you're right back in the middle of it uh, on Saturday and Sunday. You know, what's fascinating so far to at least kind of watch, see, Tiger Woods and all these guys know what a U.S. Open is. When U.S. Open, the scoring usually is right around even par. Could be two over. Could be two under. Might be five under in some years, but that's uh, that's pretty low scoring for a U.S. Open. Now, the USGA has been highly criticized in the last few years, so they are not taking any chances, I think, at goofing up the course, tricking up the course. And so I believe that's a bit of why the scoring is lower so far. So they've, they've taken heat because the score has been too high? They've been too high because of the condi- – they've tricked up the greens. They've, they've either not watered them at all, they've put them in tough pin placements where – you remember last year, uh, and you might not, but Phil Mickelson, like he hit a putt and then he hit it again before it stopped rolling. That okay. was a big thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are guys that five-putt the greens around U.S. Open sometimes. Been Tra- there before. Traditionally, a U.S. Open is basically narrow fairways and penalizing rough. And then the greens are usually tricky. But the U.S. Open has really changed things with the graduated rough, and then sometimes they try to burn out the greens, and by Saturday afternoon they've lost them. And it's just a, it's, it is all contingent on weather. Like Pebble Beach will be a lot tougher this weekend if the wind starts blowing. Okay. Now, there was a little bit of rain this morning, but the scoring was good yesterday because uh, the conditions were pretty benign. And, and so it'll show you that even 5-6 under par was a great round yesterday. That's how difficult that course can play. Imagine if the wind started blowing a little bit. And we saw the same thing at Bethpage Black. The conditions were really benign for the most part, uh, especially on Thursday and Friday, if I remember. And Brooks Kepka went out there and blew up the course. So... It's all about Mother Nature at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that That's the defense of the golf course, with the way these guys hit it so long. Uh, and if people are making putts, well, then it's going to be hard to to, to catch up to them mm-hmm. or, or keep them around even par uh, unless they're making some big mistakes. So, going to be honest, Brent, you're not really selling me the sport when you're saying golfers are fed up with it being too hard on, on the courses. Well, and that's interesting. I love the Brooks uh, – Brooks Kepka. No, I'm not saying golfers are fed up with it. Though golfers would like it to be easier. They'd like shot making. They'd like it to be fair, though. Well, and you're they, a professional. There's a difference so. between tricking up a golf course okay. and kind of burning out a green and putting them in tough pin p- positions where it's almost impossible to two-putt or make birdie, and you have to be so defensive mm-hmm. that you can't go play the game. I get that to a degree. Uh, and guys have complained just about how the USGA has lost its way in the U.S. Open. And, and you kind of get it to a degree. But I'm with you. I don't like when these guys complain. I would much rather watch them <laughs> yeah. struggle. And yeah. I think Brooks Kepka had a great quote this week where he said, you know what, I can't stand when guys complain. I can't stand when they complain when I'm, I'm playing with them. It's like, play the course. Just play it and hit the ball well. And if you hit the ball well, you're going to be fine no, most, well, no matter way, and guess which what? way the course is set up. Everyone's got to play the same course. So I don't get the big deal. If it's hard or if it's easy, I mean, everyone's playing the same course. So you'd think the best golfer at that course would win. That's yeah, kind of common and sense. And that's what happens. It, yeah. it is what happens. But uh, there is a fair setup versus a tricked-up setup. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of tr- like what yeah. we talk about with the rules in football. Uh, okay. I don't like when the rules get tricked up and kind of goofy, yeah. uh, whether it's the extra point or the overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of an integrity part to it. 
uh, and and the USGA some have lost their way at times. Uh, bottom line, moral of this story is I feel like Tiger's playing the last couple of days like it's a normal U.S. Open, where if you make par, that's usually a very good score. And then if you, you sneak in a birdie here or there, but just don't make a lot of mistakes. Well, right now, this is a gettable golf course. So he almost should have his foot on the gas a little bit more, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Nine out of ten U.S. Opens, two under par, he'd probably be leading the event or be a shot or two off the lead. Well, right now he finds himself six shots off the lead. Uh, Justin Rose is, is at eight under. So we'll continue to update you on the scores. Perfect place to watch on the TVs, a little uh, U.S. Open round number two, and come do a little shopping for Dad or, or for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, PGA Tour Superstore here at the Town Center. What do you think about players so vocal about their contracts right now? And I'm talking about the Jaguars. And we're going to play you a clip in a moment. Leonard Fournette and Jalen Ramsey talking on Instagram. I think it was Instagram Live. The Graham Live. I don't know if you're allowed to say it like that. but uh, Yeah, you said a lot of things you shouldn't say, bro. Um, but, again, more conversation about the contract, the contract, the contract. And it's interesting because Jalen Ramsey talked on Tuesday, and he tried to just pretty much say, hey, they're not giving me a contract this year. And that's okay. His attitude was great about it. He said, hey, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to go ball out. I'm going to play. Yeah. Um, but I, I already know from what I've learned that we're not going to be in negotiations for a contract extension. But Which isn't since, surprising to him or anybody. No, it's we, not We all, all saw that. So. But ever since he got off the microphone the last three days on social media, all he's been talking about is this contract yeah, and how much it's going to cost him. I think he's just trying to be fun. I mean, I think it's just... Listen, it's it's the newer generation. That's what, that's what they do. They they try to you know just poke fun at everything. I mean, he's doing it, you know, with Leonard Fournette via Instagram Live, whatever you uh, you call it. Sorry, I don't have Instagram. So I don't know what it's called, but he's shooting live video of him and Leonard Fournette going back and forth. I think it's all just in good fun. Now, yeah, there might be some truth behind it, and um, you know, it could be a passive aggressive kind of move on Jalen Ramsey's part. But he understands what's up right now, and so do the Jaguars. Listen, he's one of the best corners in the league, and guess what? If you want to keep him. Now, Next year, you got to pay him like one of the best corners in the league. Probably the highest paid corner in the league because every single year the market goes up a little bit. Uh, with all due respect to Howard from the Miami Dolphins, and uh, you know South Beach Gary can fight me all he wants, but yeah, his uh, agent. But 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 yeah, exactly. But without yeah. a doubt, I mean Jalen Ramsey will probably be the highest paid corner in the NFL. And you know what? Maybe next year some other guys can come along and get more money than him. But the it's 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 nothing out of the blue. And Jalen came out and said he's not going to offer a hometown discount. Cool. You, you don't have to, man. I mean, that's see, that's the, the that's the part where we talk about the loyalty versus the business side. People expect so much from loyalty from football players. Well, all of a sudden, a football player gets hurt. He puts eight, nine good years with the team, and they cut him. What, where's the loyalty in that? You know, so it goes both ways. So don't uh, don't talk to me about loyalty, man. If, if he doesn't want to offer a hometown discount, he doesn't have to offer a hometown di- discount. So by the way, if you want to get uh, just a. To my um, bosses, if you want to give me $60 million and five years from now cut me, that's fine. I'll take it. There you go. Okay. Yeah, do what you got to do, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I get your point, though. Uh, the other thing is you've got to always remember, keep in mind, people, when we're talking about Jalen Ramsey, and I don't think they'll go to this, but the power still resides with the organization. They have a fifth-year option on Jalen Ramsey. They also have a franchise tag they could use the following year. They also could, if they wish, and depending on what the CBA looks like at that time, mm-hmm. use a second franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So essentially, after this year, they have 2020, 2021, 2022. They have power in this whole relationship with Jalen Ramsey. 
Um, now, that power can swing. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell, where he sat out that one year. Yeah. I also don't think it's going to get to that. And I also don't think this is Jalen calling out the organization. I think he is just having fun with it. I think you said it. It's a new generation. You know, this is not something we're used to. That's a private thing often, isn't it? That guys yeah. talking contracts? Yeah, but, like, see, see the thing that Instagram's done and Twitter has done now with these live videos, like, it's locker room talk brought to the masses. And that's exactly what it is. Like, those conversations that Leonard Fournette and Jalen Ramsey have, you'd hear those in a locker room five, six, seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but now you have the opportunity to share them via, you know, social media. Yeah. So that's what players do. So it's, no, like I said, I mean, it's stuff you'd hear in the locker room. Um, I would take it with a grain of salt. I think a lot of it's just trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also kind of a form of branding. You know, I mean, some of the stuff they say is pretty hilarious that I've seen. So people are following them along, you know, and people are liking their stuff. And that's, that's increasing their brand. So more power to them. But as far as the NFL teams having the power, yeah. I mean, they do, but Bell has changed the landscape. And I think Jalen Ramsey's the last guy who's going to want to see a franchise tag. And I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be the last guy that you want to upset, make uh, make mad, or just um, you know kind of do him a disservice by franchise tagging him. So I don't think at the end of the day, I mean, a contract should be played. But if you want to go the whole franchise tag route, like I've said before on this show, Brent, when it comes to contracts, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Well, good you luck. can do it. That's the thing, at, at least as of now. Uh, you mentioned it. So many times on this show in the first six months that, that we've been doing this, we come back to a storyline and, and a topic, and it actually circles right back into branding of players. And it's a, we've had the conversation before, mm-hmm. but it fascinates me how much circles back to the brand that these players now have. And no doubt Jalen Ramsey's trying to build a brand with his style of play, build a brand with his trash talking, build a brand whether it's Nike or Adidas and who he's with. And he has a brand. I mean, that's how he's become a nationally recognized player. Again, I'm not I'm not uh, ripping what they're doing. I, I think it is fun. I think what they, they're – they get it. They know that people are watching that stuff. Yeah. They. I mean, heck, Leonard Fournette advertised it like he, he was Taylor Swift dropping an album yesterday. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what Leonard Fournette did. Yeah. And it was fu- because he knows. He knows people are going to react to it. Yeah. So it's fun. When we come back, we'll play what those guys were saying. And you can interpret for yourself just a little bit of a clip and, and the fun they were having. But I do bring it back to a serious topic for this organization. Is there a power shift going on here? Because the Jags drafted so well in 2016 especially. And so many guys are due money. And there's not a lot of money in the vault just sitting there like there was a few years ago or like there is in New York. At oh, the Jets there's always or, money there, uh, Brent. There we go. Players. There's always money in the or like there's there always in money in the banana stand, Brent. That's fine. You take the money, I'll take the L's, I guess. Because you're getting rid of A.J. Boye, you're getting rid of Calais Campbell, you're getting rid of these guys. So, freaking player talk. There's, there's always, always money, money in the banana in the... stand. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? No. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> no, what is it from? <laughs> it's from Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we come back, though, serious question about that. Is there going to be a power struggle with this organization and players? And are we seeing a shift overall in sports, but especially the NFL? It's next on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. I'm talking soft because Brent is... Ooh! Brent's his third shot in the simulator, and you know what? He's in the water. Folks, he's in the water. He's wearing sandals. He looks kind of like a hobo. Uh, zero, zero respect for the game wearing sandals on the simulator. Zero respect. 
I think Brent's best one was 30, 27. <laughs> Do that in my sleep. Brent. Gosh, two of them I almost whiffed at. Oh, man. You know what? They're not sandals, by the way. They're flip-flops. Oh, sorry. Flip-flop. What's the, di- what's the difference, sir? What's the difference? Sandals, I would have uh, like a buckle or something around the back of my foot. Okay, sorry. Flip-flops. E- e- even late. worse than. Oh, yeah, that wasn't too good right there. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've seen better. I'm not going to talk till I get up there, Brent. Do you see like, where the pin is? I still can't find the pin. I, yeah, I don't see the pin at all. I think it's that white line goes right at it. Okay. And so it's kind of covering it up. Sure. But, I see uh, a, uh, I see a bunch of blue lines going on the water and in, in the woods and stuff. Are those yours? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, that one blue line that looks like it's going to the woods was my best shot. That's uh, oh. 27 feet away. Okay. So the shot tracer was off a little. Tough bit. times at Congressional. We were just talking about Congressional today. Well, actually. yeah, that's that's where we were playing at, right? Yeah. Congressional's is, Congressional's tough. This might be the the only time I ever get on Congressional <laughs> right here. Uh, come on out to the PGA Tour Superstore. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you're right gonna now you're going to be 27 feet. Yeah. That's, not, that's not too hard. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with Austin Lane coming oh, up in a little. In we'll fact, look. why don't you go? You want me to go right now? Nah, let them set it up. Because, yeah, we got to set it up again. We have to move it from lefty to righty. And, uh, then oh, you I don't want go. Nick setting it up. Uh, I don't trust him. Okay. We were talking about Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette and uh, the contract stuff and the fun they were having. We'll take a listen. Uh, Kuz has it back there of, of what those guys were talking about last night on Instagram and, and uh, kind of having some fun with the contract talk, the money talk, and, and the fans were all in on it. Next year, especially after our ball, they're going to come to me, hey, you know what, hey, we want to we wanna holler at you. Nah, 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 nah. All right. That number gonna be so ungodly. I'm gonna just it's ungodly. I'm ungodly. They're gonna oh. have a little bit. They're gonna have a little bit for me. That's all I need to know. They gonna say, "Oh, oh God, we can't get a little discount with twenty percent off." Mm-mm. Last year, I'm gonna tell them. Last year, y'all could have got that discount. Right. This year, mm-mm. last year was a bad season for us. You know, anybody really, really anybody could have got a discount. They could have got a little discount this year, maybe. <laughs> I love, I love Leonard Fournette talking. They're like. Well, yeah, it was pretty bad last year. So if anybody signed us last year, you would have got a 20% discount. <laughs> um, some uh, realization that uh, last year wasn't very good. Here's, you know, it is fun. It's kind of fun. I think it's open to the fans. I think that's great. There's no doubt some power for Jalen Ramsey in this whole situation. You notice how you didn't hear Leonard Fournette talking contract. He's got very little power right now, very yep. little leverage to do so, given what his resume has said, given his contractual status. He's just trying to get money back that he lost on the guarantees. Jalen Ramsey's got a lot of play and a lot of power in this situation, a lot of leverage. We all know that. He knows that. I think that's why he's so open about it and willing to do it. But at the same time, you do wonder, if I'm sitting there writing the checks and I'm negotiating – and don't think of it from the player side for a moment. Think about it from the other side, the okay. front office side. And I want to sign this guy, and this guy's part of our future um, because we know he's so good at the player. How is if, – if I showed this to Shad Khan, Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, the guys that would be making those decisions and writing that check, do they laugh? Or are they like, come on now? Do they laugh from the point that it's way too much? No, they, they laugh we, we, because it's a it's – 
it's kind of them fooling around and joking oh, around about oh, the, the whole, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they laugh a little bit because I think they get it, Brent. Like, like I've talked about how many times on the show, uh, management's got to relate to the players, and, and I think they get that. I mean, this is this is the narrative that we live in now, and it's. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but it's just it's it's the way it is. The times are changing, and um, guys are openly talking about contracts more. Just like I think you're hearing a lot more things that are discussed in the locker room um, on social media a lot more as well. But so are they though? Are are they openly talking about? I mean, I don't know if we hear this kind of talk as much as we're lending on. Now, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't necessarily go public and talk about it this all the time. Like, I want $64 million. Okay. I want this. Now, he, his actions showed that I'm sitting this out and I'm, gonna, I'm battling you on this franchise tag. Antonio Brown did the same thing with his actions. I can't remember if he was as vocal as saying, hey, I think I'm worth this much more and I'm going to get paid this much more. So I don't know if we see it all the time. I mean, we have a player right here in Jacksonville basically saying, you wait until you see how much I'm going to ask for. I'm going to ask for this much, this much, this much. And again, he does it in a fun-loving way. So I don't want to take it kind of like super out of context here. They're having some fun with it. I get it. But it, I do think it's a little unique. I mean, people don't talk about contracts. I, I sign contract at the TV station. I don't sit here and talk about it all day. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I get that, man. But listen, the, the landscape has changed. You can't say that it hasn't, Brent. For instance, last year Antonio Brown calls out Big Ben as starting quarterback of the team. When's the last time a, a, re, a star receiver called out his former you know, all-pro quarterback? Yeah. I can't name a time. For instance, Baker Mayfield uh, a couple days ago called out Duke Johnson because Duke Johnson wants to get traded, and, and, and Baker Mayfield kind of called him out. That's a second-year guy calling out a vet who I think has the most uh, receptions at running back the past five years combined or something like that. Yeah. So the the, the – this is the trend, you know. It, it, the, the the stuff that happens in the locker room now is starting to go more towards the media. It's starting to go more towards posts and videos and all this stuff, and and that's just the, it's just the way it is, you know. I think um, it, it's an athlete thing, but it's also a fan thing because fans want the all access. That's what fans pay for. Fans want to be in the locker room. Fans want to see the interviews. Fans want to see the emotion, and then sometimes when the emotion gets too much, then fans want to throw backlash <laughs> yeah, over it. Right. You know, you can't that's make true. everybody happy, but. Um, that's what the fans want. So I think uh, it's kind of like supply and demand, where if the fans want this, the players are going to give it to them. Yeah. Simple and, as that. And, you know, you brought up Baker Mayfield. See, and I think if you look at Baker Mayfield, some people are questioning whether Mayfield should have done that. He's no, trying to be sure. the franchise quarterback. And I don't I don't love that stuff. See, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hey, let's all stay under the team umbrella here. Even I'm a media guy. I, don't, I mean, I'll talk about it. It's great. But if <laughs> I was, good news if, I was in report. that locker room, I'd be like, hey, let's stay under this team stuff. You know, let's let's stay together. Even if you do have your differences, you don't call out other guys. It's, it's not the way I grew up, not the way I was raised, not the way I think you performed with teammates. Now, you didn't have that voice that some of these guys have. Mm-hmm. So I get it's changing. Like, I wish Baker Mayfield didn't do it. But I think, you know, like Jalen's case here when he's talking about his contract, I think when Baker Mayfield says it, I think you have to know your positioning, right? And Baker Mayfield knows he's the guy in Cleveland right now. He's on the uptick. He's got a lot of support. If we were doing approval ratings, his approval rating would be way higher than Duke Johnson's, yeah. is my point. Well, yeah. So he's, he's got the, the leverage to kind of get away with saying it. You can't say it if you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. You can't say it if you were Blake Bortles here the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I don't love it, but both guys are going to win the PR war on this, or if, if they even have one, because they're in a pretty good spot. 
Well, and you want to think that fans are defending Ngakwe for getting paid. Imagine when it's Jalen Ramsey's turns, because I, I think of that entire Jaguars roster, I think the fans back Jalen Ramsey more than anybody. I think so, I too. think they back him from being outspoken, from being himself, from the, the position that he plays, well, the stuff from being you see, as dominant as he is. I'm going to jump in on you here, because the stuff you see, you're right. I will tell you there's another faction, and when I say the stuff you see, you're talking about social media. You're talking about Twitter. You're talking about Jags Twitter. I'm, ta- I think I'm the talking young- about fans in the stadium, bro. I, I don't know no? about that. I, okay. I think, well, because there's always this divide. Go check out. We did, we ran this story on Action News Jags and the Facebook comments. And Now, Facebook can be a, a strange animal mm-hmm. when you're talking about Facebook comments. But when he talked about the extension, I, I looked under some of the comments, and I was like, wow, okay, this isn't like – 90% like it seems like on social media, on uh, Twitter, where they're all in Jalen's corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's what I say. I say some people don't like that. Now, what's that crowd? I bet it's a demographic that's a little bit older, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's yeah, not for used sure. to that. But they do exist, is my point. Well, let me counter that by saying this then. Say this was 2017 going to 2018 season, and Jalen Ramsey's talking about this. Do you think fans would treat it differently and maybe support him a lot more? But since they lost a lot last season, um, maybe fans are a little frustrated with that and don't want to talk about contracts right now. Fans are more concerned about just winning games. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think yes. I think your answer is yes. If you were coming off 2017 and then everybody would be in Yannick's camp, everybody in Ramsey's camp. Pam, yeah, we're winners, man. Let's go. And let you know, let, let me make sure this is clear. I don't disagree with you. I think there are a lot of people in those guys' camps. I mean, there are a lot of people in, in the world. We live on that Jags Twitter, on social media. Everybody's in Yannick's camp. Pay the guy. Pay the guy now. And they will be in Ramsey's camp. Pay the guy. Pay the yep. guy now. They have a lot of public support. They do. I'm just saying they don't... It's not 100%. No, I hear you. There's always... Because people see millions of dollars and they say, what are you talking about, man? No, for sure. Don't be demanding $100 million. For sure. Who does that? They don't get it all the time. Yep. Um... But I do want to. I want to hit on this for one more topic because you brought up Yannick Ngakwe. Why isn't he vocal about it? Now his actions speak something, but he hasn't been vocal about it. And I want to get to that power struggle. Are we seeing a shift, not just here in Jacksonville, but with organizations in all sports that the players are getting a lot more power? And is it good or bad? It's coming up next on ESPN 690. Plus, Austin tries closest to the pin. Come on out, try to beat us. 27 feet's the number to beat right now, and you can win some prizes. You can get inside that at the PGA Tour Superstore. Tips and hits. We have seen that so many times. This time, it's Daryl Roberts putting the Jets in scoring position, perhaps a chance to get their first points. How good will the New York Jets be in 2019? How good will they be when they visit the Jacksonville Jaguars late in October? October 27th, right before Florida Georgia week, uh, the New York Jets will be here at TIAA. Field. Brett Martineau along with former Jags player Austin Lane on ESPN 690. We are live at the PGA Tour Superstore, round two of the U.S. Open, of course, heading into Father's Day weekend, so come on out, say hello, beat us on the simulator, closest to the pin prizes we're giving away, or just shop for Dad here at the PGA Tour Superstore. We are going to New York now, or at least I think he's in New York, but I know he covers the Jets, and it's been pretty dramatic over the last couple of months, to say the least. Rich Samini from ESPN joins us now, and wow, man, for an offseason, you've sure had a, a lot to cover, haven't you? Well, it, yeah, you're right. It's been busy. It started the night of the last game when we were in Foxborough, and about three hours after the game, the Jets announced that Todd Bowles was fired. 
and uh, it's really been going on pretty steady since then. What uh, is the big headline for you out of all of this in the last, say, five to six months? Uh, Adam Gase gets the job. Uh, right call, wrong call. How do Jets fans about it? The the latest news with the GM situation and Joe D- Douglas being the guy. Le'Veon Bell signing on with the Jets. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, what are the what are the headlines maybe for you and for Jets fans? What are they clinging on to the most out of all those storylines? Well, I think if you had to make one headline, I think it would be something like starting over, you know, because it's a new, it's a new uh, leadership tandem in there with Adam Gase and Joe Douglas. We thought it was going to be Adam Gase and Mike McCagnin, but, uh, you know, stuff happens in the offseason. I think there was a lot of backroom politicking, and, you know, it, it was a power struggle, let's put it that way, and... And Mike McCagnin lost that power struggle, and the owner sided with Adam Gase. And and Gase got uh, one of Joe Douglas as his GM. They went through a search process, and they hired Joe Douglas, who I thought was the best guy for the job anyway. So I think after all this ugliness and meandering through the woods seemingly lost, I think maybe the Jets will come out looking good because I think Joe Douglas – is a solid personnel guy, and I think Gase has potential as a coach. How you doing, Rich? It's Austin Lane here. Um, so when you talk about you know changes and um, new coaches and things like that, you have to bring up the quarterback right away because especially a young quarterback and Sam Darnold uh, installing another offense, you know, for the New York Jets right now. How has Sam Darnold really taken to that? And then also, has he been able to kind of step up his leadership abilities as well? Yeah, definitely on the second one. Uh, he's never going to be a, 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 like a super vocal guy. It's just not his style. But, you know, uh, the players and coaches have said that he has raised up his uh, leadership level a little bit, uh, more of a take charge situation. It's because he knows what he's doing a little bit more. It's his second year in the league. But you're right, Austin. I mean, learning a new offense for a second-year player, so two years, two offenses, so in a sense, it's uh, like starting over for him, too. And he, I watched about eight or nine of his practices this spring, and he had a couple of really, really sharp practices and a couple of bad practices and a lot in between, which is what you would expect. Uh, I, I think he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. I'm just a little concerned about his offensive line and the players around him. Rich Samini covers the Jets for ESPN with us here on ESPN 690. Appreciate him taking a couple minutes on a Friday, uh, heading into Father's Day weekend here in the middle of June where the NFL goes a little bit dormant now for the next four or five weeks. But uh, the Jets have been headline. This one, you battle for the back pages in New York. The Jets haven't had a problem uh, making some of those back pages. Le'Veon Bell, one of the biggest stories, of course, uh, right. of this offseason. How's the fit there? We know he's a fantastic player. Has he settled in now after all the hoopla around that situation? I don't think so because we haven't seen him. <laughs> We've barely seen yeah. him. Uh, you know, he showed up for minicamp last week and uh, got a couple of practices in. Didn't do much at all, really, just a few reps each day. And he's been working out with his trainer in South Florida which he's been doing every off season since he came out of Michigan State, and it's kind of his uh, the way he goes about his business. I, I, I would have thought he might have spent some more time in New Jersey with the Jets because it's a new team, a new offense, everything's new. But he he wanted to be down there, so he'll be behind when he gets to training camp. 
I think he'll be able to catch up because he's a veteran. He's a good veteran. And he's a huge piece to the puzzle. I mean, they need him to be what he was in 2016, 2017 with the Steelers. Rich, how much is that viewed in New York in terms of the new team and what you just said, not being there for OTAs? Because, you know, I know we all take attendance. It's kind of that time of year, and but they are voluntary. I mean, Jalen Ramsey didn't show up. I don't really think many people around here blinked because he was in Nashville working out. The guys that have done it before, it's worked for them. You know you're going to be ready. But that doesn't always sit well with fans, sometimes not with teammates, sometimes not with management. How was that part of it taken uh, by by the folks up there in New York? Well, there was some initial blowback when it when it first started because he was such a high-profile signing. At least a guy like Jalen Ramsey, he's been with the, the Jaguars. He knows the defense. So from a mental standpoint, he's not really missing much. I do personally think there is value in working out with your teammates just in terms of chemistry and camaraderie and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there was initial blowback. You know, the sports talk radio stations for a few days. Some of the papers in town, uh, which aren't shy about ripping people, <laughs> uh, you know, he, you know, he caught a little flack, no doubt about it. In the beginning, I think it settled down though, and he eventually showed up at minicamp. He was in a good mood, and and you know, so I think people forgot about it. But I think if you uh, ask some people at the Jets facility, I think they were disappointed that he didn't show up. Rich, speaking about offensive weapons, um, Robbie Anderson's a guy that comes to mind for me, uh, not because I play fantasy football, because I do, but also, I mean, just from what I've seen on TV, you know, I mean, this is a guy who he's shown the ability, you know, I mean, he absolutely torched Green Bay for nine receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown, and then he he torched uh, the Broncos for two touchdowns, you know, three receptions, 123 yards, so he's shown the glimpses, but I think the problem is consistency, and Going into a year where it's his final, you know, he's, he signed a contract for this final year here. I mean, do you see the Jets being committed to him past this year? Or is it going to be kind of like a prove-it deal? What are you seeing from that end? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of the big questions going into the season because I agreed with everything you said. I mean, he does have talent, but he's inconsistent. And uh, last year, it really took him a while to get going. He, he and Darnold were just not connecting early in the year, and then he – Picked it up at the end and ended up with some decent numbers, but you know, he's a, it's a contract year for him. He's committed to the off season. He's been there. He's had some off the field issues the last few years. He, he's eliminated. He seems to have eliminated that. I don't know if the Jets are going to commit long term to him. I mean, this is a new regime here. Uh, it's a new coach, a new GM. He's he's not one of their quote unquote guys. So I think he's going to have to prove it this year. I mean, you're talking about a lot of money on the line for him. If he comes out and, and, and has a 70-catch, 1,000-yard type season, he's looking at a, a huge payday next year as a free agent. You know, you're talking $14, $15 million a year. And I'm not sure if the Jets know yet if they want to commit that much money to him. Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane, joined by Rich Samini from ESPN, talking a little bit of Jets. The Jaguars will face the Jets late October right here in Jacksonville. Uh, I think that might be, if I have it right, week seven. Maybe it's week eight, but I think it's week seven of the NFL season. You know, looking at this Jets roster, there's a lot of things to like about it. Uh, is this kind of, the NFL's 50-50 anyway, but is it however Sam Darnold goes? the Jets go, or are there a lot more things that have to come together uh, for this team to be pretty good in 2019? Well, you know, it's a quarterback league, so it's 
it's going to be a lot hinging on, on Sam and his ability to improve as a second-year player. I mean, taken as a whole, his rookie year was not good. I mean, he was among the lowest in, in all the major statistical categories. But he did play well in the final month of the season, and I think that's a pretty good springboard for him. But it's a new offense, as we talked about earlier, so there's going to be more growing pains. And uh, I think he's got a chance to beat top-ten quarterback. I just don't know if he'll, the, the offensive line has some issues, especially at center. So are they going to be able to protect him? I'm not sure. But there are some things to like about the roster. They added C.J. Mosley, a pro yep. Bowl middle linebacker, you know, from Baltimore. Gave him a lot of money. Really good. <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. A record-breaking deal for a middle linebacker. And uh, I think it was $17.5 million a year or something in that neighborhood. He's a good player. Jamal Adams, a Pro Bowl safety. They drafted Quinnen Williams third overall. I think he's got a real bright future. They have Leonard Williams, who's a solid player. So they do have some pretty good pieces. But they are missing some key spots. I mean, they, they're hurting at cornerback, which is which is a big position, as you guys know. And I, as I mentioned, the offensive line's got some issues. A couple of guys uh, on that roster. You just mentioned Quinn and Williams. Quincy Williams, his brother, was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think just for that reason, what's the early look and feel around Quinn and Williams um, for the Jets? It feels like he is going to be a fantastic player in this league. Yeah, we haven't seen him. Uh, he was injured uh, through the entire spring. He showed up for OTAs and pulled a calf muscle. And just at the end, the last couple of weeks, he started getting back into into some uh, team drills. And I was watching him yesterday. He was with the starters, but they were missing a few guys. But uh, obviously, a, a lot of potential they see him as a three-down player who can play pretty much anywhere on the defensive line. I think he'll probably end up starting at nose tackle, but he can move to three technique. He could uh, play outside in certain situations. They really, really like him, and uh, it'll be a good, it'll be a fun story when they face the Jaguars. Of course, with his brother being on the Jaguars. Yeah, well, let me ask you about one more player uh, specifically, and that's Ja'Kai Polite, former Gator, uh, who fell in the draft, the whole combine process. But the Jets get him, and there's a lot of folks that believe they might have got one heck of a football player in really good value. I think he was picked in the third round by the Jets. Uh, early thoughts on Ja'Kai Polite, early word out of the Jets. What are they saying about him? Well, he's working at outside linebacker, and they play a 3-4, and he's pretty much one of the outside backers. I think the best they could hope for him this year is maybe being a situational rusher. Uh, I don't see him being an every-down player this year. He, he's a little on the small side. I, I think he's going to be going at about 230, 235, which is kind of, a, you know, for an outside player is, is not the biggest. Uh, he, to me, he's a fascinating guy because, I mean, he did slip a lot draft. I mean, in, in January, people were talking about mid to late first rounder and absolutely he, his you know his tape was a first rounder you know but like you mentioned he blew the combine i talked to a lot of personnel people around the league some teams didn't even have him on their draft board just because of some some personality issues some uh, questions about his work habits and so he just dropped like a like a stone and the jets got him in the third it was probably good value there because Hey, when you can get a guy who had 
10th stop in the SEC in the third round, why not? You know, take a chance. So it's really going to depend on Shakai, how how uh, determined he is, how focused he is. He's going to have to change. I mean, the Jets basically admitted he's got a lot of maturing to do. There's some risk involved. On the positive side, he's surrounded by a, a bunch of really good older linebackers like uh, C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson. So they'll take him under their wings, and uh, and they hope they can turn him into a professional because I think there is some potential there. All right, Rich, before we uh, let you go here, man, I have an important question to ask you. Um, kind of putting you on the spot, but I, but I want a truthful answer. What are your thoughts of the <laughs> Jets' <question>? new <laughs> uniforms this year? What are your thoughts about the Jets' new uniforms? Yay or nay? I'll be perfect. I'll be per- uh Yay. See, it, it had to, I'm with it, you, man. It had it had to grow on me a little bit. You know, when I first saw him in pictures and stuff, I'm like, man, I, I'm not so sure about this. But then they had the uniform unveiling, and I went to it, and I saw it in person. And I think the helmets are cool. And I'm an old-school guy. I like the uh, – but it's really growing on me. I, I like it. I don't like the black uniforms, which I think they'll only wear once during the year. But I, the, the other uniforms I kind of like. I'm, I'm with you, man, and I also think because you know it's kind of like the new school thing, like the all black. So I'm I'm for the all black as well, but I was kind of disappointed to see so much hate on Twitter. But that's kind of the way the landscape works these days. Um, is you know it's kind of the cool thing to hate on things, but I think they're pretty cool uniforms. So I'm glad we can I, I agree think on Sam that. Darnold, yeah, I think Sam Darnold had the best quote the night they unveiled the uniforms. He says these uniforms are going to look really awesome if we win a lot of games in them. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. That's uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. the case. That's why the Jags yeah. tried to change uniforms like five different times in the last decade. <laughs> well, I mean, trying to Jets, wash the losses know. away. Yeah, well, basically, that's the reason why the Jets did this is because they're just trying to change the mojo. You know, the Jets have oh, yeah. missed the playoffs for eight straight years, and I guess they figure maybe a new look will change the vibe, but we'll see. Yeah, Rich, and I don't know what this does for your fashion uh, knowledge or, or feel, but you just agreed with a guy in Austin Lane that wears, like, 10-year-old Vans that are all ripped up on his feet. So, you better believe it, man. Uh, I don't know where hey, he is. As long as they're comfortable, right? It's about the Hey, thank you very much, man. A man after my own heart, Brent. You hear that? I, I, I might be doing some radio in New York coming up, man. Yeah, you might be. I feel yeah. like those people get me a little better than the people in Jacksonville. Hey, I'm, I'm all about the comfort. I'm, I'm a sports writer. I can't, I'm not into fashion. No sports writer is into fashion, so we're just exactly. into comfort. Yeah. Yes, sir. Rich Samini from ESPN covers the New York Jets. We'll talk to you again as we get a little closer to that game on October 27th. Enjoy the summer, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right, uh, good to talk about the Jets. They have some interesting pieces in New York, and, and they have been the dominating soap opera of the offseason yeah. in the NFL mm-hmm. with head coach, with GMs. Heck, with even the uh, news that Todd McShay from ESPN may get a, a shot at a job yeah. inside their building. I don't even know where the latest is on that. Mm-hmm. But then the Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold, the young QB. Uh, it'll be really fascinating to watch uh, the New York Jets. And, again, they come to Jacksonville on October 27th. We're going to take a break. Come on out, visit us at the PGA Tour Superstore. When we get back, we go a little balling and falling. Still got a little NBA talk as well and much more football on the horizon. Plus, Tigers made me mad. I'll give you an update on his second round, how it ended. <clears throat> I think we're, good. we're losing some razors, too. People are oh, taking razors now. Razors. Oh, man, We've Brent, got a we're, winner. We're beat, Inside 27 feet. We're getting beat. 16. Uh, Sorry I let you down today, Brent. Uh, no problem. All right. How you doing?
Hey, welcome back. We do have a winner here at the PGA Tour Superstore. 16 feet. Got it inside my 27-foot shot here on the par 3 at Congressional. Oh, 159 man. yards away. I'm not even sure what hole it is on Congressional. It's so funny that we're playing Congressional. We literally were talking about that golf course today mm-hmm. while we were out on the golf course playing. Brett Morton, Austin Lane here. Thanks to Rich Samini for coming on from ESPN. Some good insight on the New York Jets. I think they're a fascinating football team with the young QB, all the drama around them. I'm not convinced Adam Gase is a really good coach. I really am not. Yeah. I think he's, in fact, super overrated. Yeah. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. And you talk about Adam Gase can be combustible. I think that was a split <laughs> Look not at his eyes, eyes, Brent. But it's, I think it was it's a always split. the eyes that tell it. And I'm not sure it was 50-50, but it was a split building in Miami about Adam Gase. They decided to let him go. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that building could get split, New York is the place where all things can oh, go wrong. Oh, man. So it, it'll it, be with really that media, dude, start spreading the news. you got some high-paid guys. You've yeah. got new GM. You have Gase. You have not only the media, but really the fan base. Uh, that is a combustible situation potentially yeah. uh, in the NFL. Let's do some balling and falling right now, and uh, the Jets don't make that part of the equation. Tell you what, it's not balling. It's my golf game today. I'm still pretty bummed about that. Oh, well. Uh, Get over it. Well, you know what, Brent? I, I feel like a, I'm like a Jewish kid that got a Christmas party. Like, yeah, it's not my thing, but I'm still having fun. You that's know what I'm good. saying? That's good. So that's all that matters. Uh, uh, we're going balling. Layla. Uh, I've talked about her a couple yes, times, yes. The, the super fan from St. Louis. Well, we didn't get to talk about hockey uh, yesterday or the day before that. So uh, Layla is balling, though. She was in Boston to watch her boys take care of business in Game 7 and listen to some audio right here. Right here, right here. She got to kiss the Stanley Cup. Uh, she got to hold it. Um, kind of a, as Brett Martin would say, it's kind of a wrapping up, you know, w- with a bow uh, to a pretty great story this year in the Stanley Cup final with uh, the St. Louis Blues. So uh, St. Louis Blues are balling. Layla's balling, and uh, I imagine that the whole city of St. Louis will be balling. I think it's on Saturday for that Stanley Cup parade. Listen, they had uh, that's a cool story. We love those stories in sports, and yeah. it's awesome. She has a, I think a. Uh, uh, what can be a life-threatening autoimmune disease. She's 11 years old. They befriended her along this journey, mm-hmm. and I thought they just made it so much more special. Not everybody does it, takes it the next level. One was bringing, getting her on a flight to Game 7 to be in Boston for it, yep. and then to bring her on the ice in that situation, kiss the cup, be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a little dramatic, a little over the top to say, hey, they won the Stanley Cup because of Layla. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's the case. But I do think these other situations that take place in a season, mm-hmm. you know it. You've been in sports, and I don't even think you have to be at the highest of levels. I think if you've ever experienced success in sports, even for a season, you know there's these little things that kind of add up, and you're willing to buy into whatever it is, you know, whether it's the song Gloria, (laughs) whether it's Layla, you know, whether it's the rookie goaltender that comes up, whether it's the new coach for the St. Louis Blues. Blues. All those things add up and be like, you know what, this this group of players grabbed onto that. This sure. group of players grabbed onto this, and they all seem to work. And you know, we talk about championships, right? Talk mm-hmm. about the work. You need breaks, even if you're very good. You need breaks. We've seen a perfect Patriots team get beaten in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you need 
a break here or there. The Giants got the break and a great catch, you know? Yeah, So yeah. It, it's just part of sports where you do need those kind of things in a long season to kind of grab onto. And every team that's ever won, they may not be as public as this one for the St. Louis Blues, yeah. but every team that wins has something like it. But absolutely, I agree with that, Brent. And at the same time, too, like – Sometimes in sports, and this is what makes sports so great, is that you have these analytics, you have the experts, but sometimes things happen that are just kind of unexplainable. You know, like the Blues being in last place and then winning a Stanley Cup, getting a new coach, winning a Stanley Cup, having a philosophy that dates back to 1994 with the New Jersey Devils (laughs) that that, that people said ruined the game of hockey. It ruined it so much where they they had to basically change the rules of the two-line passes. Um, They brought that defense back out for Game 7, and you know what? It worked. At one, I mean, there's so many unexplainable things, but sometimes the stars align. Everything just comes, uh, you know, everything just the wheels turn in motion, and you accomplish something special. And even with Layla, I mean, to have that kind of disease, HLH, you know, where to literally your immune system is attacking your, your your organs and your body, and to to go on that ice and literally, if they're winning or losing, she was there with a smile on her face to give those players a hug. I mean, everything in, uh, about that team is unexplainable, but you know what? They got the job done. So shout out to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, good for them. Uh, my ballin's going going to be Fred Van Vliet. Mm. Yeah. You know, where's the, you said it. The guy comes off the bench. He plays, I think, uh, 30-something minutes. 22 points. I mean, that's the crazy thing to me, Brent. It's undrafted. But, you know, it's almost like he wanted the ball in those situations. You know, you're looking for someone who wants the ball. He wanted the ball. He hit some big shots. I felt like at times, and against the Warriors, you have to be – you know, careful of this. Mm-hmm. They start hitting threes, two or three of them in a row, and you're like, uh-oh, you look up, you're down by six. Mm-hmm. Well, every time they would hit two threes, maybe to tie the game, then take the lead, I thought it was Van Vliet who would then match a three, and then it's back to even, or they're within one. And it never got to five or six or eight points where they've got you on the ropes. Yeah. And I always felt like it was him. I didn't feel like it was Kawhi Leonard. I didn't feel like it was Siakam in those situations. I thought it was Van Vliet. And I've got one other thought about this. What do you got? Outside of Fred Couples. Has there ever been a really good athlete named Fred? <laughs> um, I mean, who who am I missing here? Fred McGriff. Fred Very McGriff. Very good call, Bob. The cri- yeah, but that, that's, 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 that's what That's a crime dog. dog. Hey, you know, good job on the, on the nickname. Well, we talked nicknames yesterday. That's the only reason I know because one of my best friends from high school, Griff, they, we called him the crime <laughs> the dog crime because dog. of that. But um, how many athletes are named Fred that are good? Not too many. Yeah, not a lot coming to my. I mean, Fred Flintstone really sucks out to me. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? He was a pretty good bowler. Athletic. Hey, hey, excuse me. Him and Barney won the bowling championships at, 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 at uh, whatever, bedrock a couple times. So <laughs> pump your brakes, Brent. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? We are mixing segments. And you by remember? the way, when you pump your brakes and talking about the Flintstones, you better do it with your feet. Dude, Fred, exactly, man. Fred Flintstone won a couple bowling tournaments. He had like that big, uh, you know, he had the big cup of beer and like he had the, the giant yeah. lid that, that kind of bent the car over a little Give bit. Give me yeah, a Fred. Man. Give me a Fred Fred's outside a of Fred Couples, Fred McGriff, and Fred Van Vliet. Who and am Fred I Flintstone. And yep. Fred Flintstone bowling. Give me a Fred. Uh, on social media channels, or if you've got one, you're more than welcome to jump in on Star Star 690. Uh, I don't think there are many. We're going to take a timeout here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. On the other side, we do a little fallen, a little bit more NBA talk as well, and then 5 o'clock hour, one more hour in the work week. Boom, Can huh? you make it out the PGA Tour Superstore? Come win some prizes. We're giving stuff away if you can beat us on the simulator. Oh, good find, Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freeman, man. See, I, that's I Freddie. That's well, Freddie. You can call him Fred for short, right? We can call him Freddie Van Vliet. Yeah. Fred Taylor.
Oh, jeez. Friends, shame on you. Oh, my you. gosh. How, I quit. How embarrassed are how you long right now? I've been suspended. Yeah. I am embarrassed. Oh, wow. Suspend me. Self-imposed suspension. Fred oh, Taylor? Man. I think he's pretty oh, good. Oh, my gosh. All right. I quit for the weekend. <laughs> Austin Lane will host the remainder of the show next Let's on the ESPN 6 <laughs> And you can watch us on all the video platforms at Brent A.S. Jacks on Twitter. On YouTube, our Action Sports Jacks channel. On Facebook, ESPN 690. And on Twitch, ESPN 690. Jacks. Nine Nine What's this gentleman's name? What is it? I was, I was hoping your name was Fred. <laughs> Based on the last conversation. But Ray, who's a New York Jets fan, by the way, yep. uh, he just got nine feet on the simulator. I'll tell you right now. Second winner of the day. Games. And by the way, so he's using my club that was fitted for me. So, And no offense to Ray, but he's not six foot six. No, he isn't. But, um, but he may be more ripped excuse- than you. Well, possibly, but zero excuses coming from Ray, man. The guy showed up and he balled out. So props <laughs> to him. Hope you're a big fan of shaving because we got razors for you. I'm I'm not so you get yeah. you get, you yeah, get all Austin Lane sh- I don't care. For yeah, here. Go ahead, go ahead and add my share, man. I'm not going to miss him. <laughs> Come on out to the PGA Tour Superstore, Brent Martino, Austin Lane on ESPN 690 until six o'clock. You can win as well. Prize packs from ESPN and here at the PGA Tour Superstore. Stop on by. the plenty of people in the store as they are shopping for dad or probably shopping for themselves. That's what I usually Brent, uh, do here. <laughs> hey, so, well, so listen, this whole Fred thing. You should have never even asked the question. Man. Well, what, listen, there's, I'm sure you a lot can of think friends. of them. Yeah, there's a lot of Freds. I it mean, was off the top of my head. Fred I said Fred Van Vliet, who yeah. are the uh, elite athletes. Yep. And we came up Didn't with, you said Taylor. Freddie Freeman. I said Freddie Freeman, yeah. Uh, and we had said Fred Couples. I already had given you that one. Fred Couples. And then we said Fred McGriff, which I thought was a good one. That and was Fred, really dude, good I'm one. telling you, don't, don't knock Fred Flintstone, but man. But then the I somehow... I was afraid to look at my mentions. Oh yeah, you know it's been my my Twitter has you're, been a big story today. Jalen Ramsey unblocked me. That was the well, big headline. Well, everyone's blocking you now. But now so. everybody else might block me. Yeah. And there were a couple of people that said uh, Fred Taylor, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I like it. Add the bro yeah. on there too. Fred Taylor. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Freddie T. Apologies. Yeah, I uh, forgot about you for a minute. Just a minute. Uh, Fred Blitnikoff. That's a good one too. There you go. All right, so we've got five Freds. Yes, we do. And to I'm go sure along with Flintstone. 25 more, yeah. Uh, so we'll find more. If you have any other Freds uh, that are elite sports, not just give me a guy that's played sports. I'm talking about at a big state, big level. It's just not a would, – if would you, you put consider... Van Vliet out there, right? Yes. Would you guess that his first name is Fred? That's what no, really no, stuck at me no, of course when I was uh, watching him. No, of course not. I mean, I, I uh, hear Van Vliet, I think a Greta Van Vliet, so it's not even the same thing. But um, no, what would you like? Consider I would hu- say an Alex. If his name was Alex, that Alex. would sound right. Okay. All right. Would you consider hunting a sport? Yeah. Okay. Fred Bear. Fred Fred Bear for a thousand, Alex. Do you know who Fred Bear is, Brent? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Ted Nugent wrote a song about him. You better yeah. know who he is. He's uh, from Minnesota. But that doesn't count in this. What? It's just not. Fred Bear's an athlete, man. Yeah, he's he's like the greatest hunter of all time. That's not what I'm talking about. Here. Okay, well, I'm talking about athletes. I do. Th- me. I consider hunting a sport because you always got to side with the sport, especially hunters are usually kind of big, so I don't want them beating me yeah. up. And they have guns. I was going to say, remember who you're talking to with your audience right now. All right. Talk smack all right. About that, that Fred counts. Especially in Wisconsin and in Jacksonville. we got to do Fallen real quick. Okay, Fallen. I'm falling uh, rapidly. Yeah, you are, man. You know what? Fallen. Uh, oh, Jordan Spieth, man. Um, listen, I'm trying to be a golf fan. I'm trying to get all in on it. And Jordan Spieth had a comment today to his caddy. Or yesterday. Uh, a couple comments yeah, we saw yesterday. yesterday. Um, and you know what, Brent? I just can't co-sign it. I'm getting a lot of dirty looks right now from people in the store. I don't care. Uh, Kuz, go ahead and play the audio real quick. 
Boy, that's just compounding his problems. Two perfect shots, Michael. You got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. Oh, he's taking Michael Greller to task right there. Two perfect shots, Michael. So in case you guys didn't know what was going on, uh, Spieth was basically uh, ripping his caddy for giving him bad advice about, I guess. Yeah, misclubbed him. Misclubbed him, supposedly. Hey, Jordan, just knock the ball in the hole, okay? That, that's your job. I mean, misclubbed, okay, I guess if you want to call it that, or are you just kind of mad because you didn't hit it with all you had or you hit it a little too short, a little too long, whatever. Just be a golfer and hit the ball in the hole. And how about you don't blame other people? Yeah, you're a golfer. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm done, Brent. Like you've never blamed the equipment staff or something like that for messing up a tape job that you had or a cleat uh, company. Uh, you might you know have what? blamed Under Armour back in the day at the old uh, well, Senior Bowl. Well, to be fair, I didn't wear Under Armour cleats because I was smarter than that back at the Senior Bowl, Brent. Because it was, uh, to be fair, it was their first year, and you know what? Don't want to knock Under Armour, but... To say they didn't really know what they were doing their first year may have been an understatement. So I was wearing Nike at the Under Armour Senior Bowl, much to the dismay of the president of Under Armour. But, yeah. So, uh, no, Brent, I take responsibility all the time. That was a really interesting situation, though, because here's the deal with Spieth. He talk, he says we more than any other golfer. When he talks about Michael Greller, the caddy, they've won together, and he always says we, we, we. It's really kind of cool because mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't do that. You know, they won't yeah. acknowledge their caddy like that. And I thought that one was really interesting. It also speaks to you got to be careful how close you get those microphones. Golf's not a sport that the live mic has been really attached to often. Yeah. Fox is certainly bringing it with the U.S. Open. CBS is a little more cautious. And you've got to be a bit careful because those guys can lose their temper in a hurry. And while I think that doesn't do anything to break up their whole relationship, it wasn't a great moment for speed. I was wondering if he said you or it. It kind of, and it was you. Everybody yeah. interpreted uh, that way. Give you an update on the golf. Uh, my phone's just simply Tiger Woods, man. He bogeyed the last two holes, and now he's going to be all mad and all out of sorts here on a Friday on ESPN 690. Some NBA chatter and some football in the 5 o'clock hour next. It's not going so well for Austin Lane as he continues to try to hit one on the green and come up empty. It's amazing how a guy this big and strong can't get it over the water sitting like 105 yard seven irons it's a rhythmic sport so uh that's uh, that's different okay i'm gonna be honest with you because the guy fitted me for a club that's actually my height I'm not used to that, man. Yeah, I, I'm used to playing with clubs that other people have. Well, there's two things going on right so now. You one, you're tired. Like. You 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 sound like you're out of breath. You just swung a golf club five times. Are you going to be all right in this next fight? Probably not, man. I'm probably looking at uh, first round KO myself. <laughs> no, uh, and the and, reason why I'm tired is I hit my. I just see my second. You see my second shot. It, the ball hit you in the face, by the way, or it's close. No, it almost did. It came yeah. back here. Yeah, it's because I hit my. Yeah, I wasn't close. To you the hit ball. yourself. Yep, I didn't hit myself, but the. And the other part of this is it sounds like you just did what Jordan Spieth did and blamed some, everybody else Absolutely. for what happened. But you know what? I'm not a professional golfer, so I can. What do you think about I've that? I've told you that before. I've told this story. It's like, what's the difference? I, I asked the sports psychologist. I've probably told this story like 50 times now, but I'll share it again yeah. around uh, major championship time. Yeah. And uh, since you're making all the excuses in the world. That I am. And I asked the sports psychologist what makes those guys so different and said it's never their fault. It's the grass, it's the crowd, it's yep. the club, it's the caddy, it's the this, it's the wind. The, the, I oh, guess that's else. what winners do. Well, that's and, what I'm doing. And Rick. I said, it, and if you think about it, though, 
it, it fascinates me because I don't think they're doing it just for it can't be my fault. I'm blah 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 blah. <laughs> I think they do it because it keeps them in the right frame of mind. It couldn't have been me, so I'm confident in their, all my abilities still because something else outside of my control made it happen. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of the mindset they're trying to keep to stay confident. Because if you don't have confidence and conviction in this game, in golf, well, well you're all done. Brian, let's be honest. I think it's in any sport, really. Yeah. You need to have confidence. True. Yep. Uh, speaking of, Justin Rose is pretty confident. One under round today, nothing flashy, but he's at seven under. So he didn't run away from it, everybody. And now the afternoon round is about to begin. Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley, Louis Oosthuizen, all right around uh, 5 o'clock tee times. Gary Woodland as well. And it will be interesting to see if anybody can go have a big round here in round two. Now, consider Woodland's back at three under. So even if he has a really good round, the lead's going to be seven or eight mm-hmm. uh, with Justin Rose. We know the lead will be at least seven because that's where Justin Rose sits. I'm talking more about a Fowler or a Shoffley or a Can they get it out to ten? Can they get to ten under par? And then that would eliminate, not eliminate, but really make it difficult for so many of the guys that are one under Jordan Spieth or even Tiger Woods. John Rahm's now one under because he's one over in his uh, first three holes. So that's the thing to watch. Uh, Nobody's ever out of it really going into the weekend as long as you make the cut at a major championship. But how far out in front do the leaders get? If Justin Rose sits at 7-under, well, then I think Tiger Woods is right in the mix. I mean, seven shots back with 36 to play, that's, that's not... Un, not doable. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be something to keep an eye on here in the afternoon and evening. By the way, I love uh, the primetime golf. I mean, if you if you want something to do, you love it when it's out in California here yeah. in a major championship. With yep. the US. Never will happen at Augusta uh, because not. it's yeah, on the East Coast. East Coast. Uh, doesn't usually happen with the PGA Championship. Maybe a one-hour difference, I think, uh, has been in Wisconsin and, and other places. Uh, St. Louis. Yep. And obviously, the Open Championship is all over the map in terms of time. And I like that one, too. I just get up super early, and you can watch golf, and then it's over. It's the complete opposite of what's happening with the U.S. Open. But primetime tonight on Fox 30, uh, you'll get a little uh, U.S. Open golf. And on Fox 30 all weekend long uh, with Joe Buck and company, uh, they will continue to uh, do the, the golf, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, there's a lot of drama at the U.S. Open. I did mention uh, I was a little surprised at the uh, some of the ratings for U.S. Open versus uh, NBA here. Uh, now, it was split because Fox Sports 1 did coverage shows on the cable station. Okay. And then Fox did the 7.30 to 10.30 in prime time. Yep. So it was a kind of a, a split viewership. But the NBA game did better than I thought it was going to do, uh, even yeah. for a game six. I mean, I, I guess it was I intriguing, it well. though, because there was the narrative that Toronto could win it. Yeah. You know, so I think people are interested in that. Did it do better than the, the PGA? It did better, yeah, even yeah. with Tiger Woods in prime time. That was what I was thinking. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I wasn't so convinced that it wasn't going to do better. I just thought it was a little surprising how much it did. It almost what did the kind Stanley of Cup it. do? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't look at that. We got to check that out. That's Probably not much. Do you have, uh, uh, I can, I I can yeah. check it. But I I'm talking, it it's different, right? I'm no, not talking you. about the national one. I'm talking yeah, about what happens in Jacksonville, yeah. and I can see those numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes those numbers are different. Like, I'm not surprised at all the NBA did overall across the country mm-hmm. more than the golf did. But yeah. in Jacksonville, it's kind of a golf area, not really an NBA town. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was a bit intrigued at uh, the numbers and, and how they played out, uh, even though it was game six. Again, and I think a big factor in that was Tiger Woods. Now, if Tiger was doing well and he started ripping it up and, and he was on a little run, I think that would have drew more viewers over. Just to the same idea that maybe when Clay Thompson got hurt, that would brought some more viewers to the NBA game because there was some drama going on on social media. Yep. People were all talking about it. Uh, but uh, 
the numbers uh, always fascinate me, especially in Jacksonville outside of football. What else are other people watching? And uh, plenty of people did watch the NBA and the golf, but uh, more people watched the NBA last night. Uh, round one of the U.S. Open versus Game 6 of the NBA Finals. We're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA. Where does it go from here? Who are the teams to beat now going forward? What do the Warriors look like? What do the Raptors look like? Free agency. A lot to talk about on the NBA front. But before we do that, it's Friday. It's 5 o'clock. It's Happy Hour Horn Time. Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. If you're a dad, man, just put it in cruise control and chill this weekend because this weekend's all about you, man. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there oh, as well. Very good message. A local home tequila yeah. right here in Jacksonville made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita Dilui Tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDilui.com. Drink responsibly. Of course. All right, NBA. Kuz, let's bring you in Drive and Dish podcast. I'm sure you're dropping a, a year-ender of the NBA season. Already did. Uh, you know, I thought I saw one out. I wasn't sure if that was earlier in the week or if that was based off last night. We did. But, uh, uh, yeah, we did, too. We did one off game five, and then this morning we recorded another one and just dropped it. Nah, I see why you're not working for the show now. You, just, <laughs> you, know, you got, you got T-Swizzle dropping albums uh, for the night stuff. Yeah. You got Drive and Dish podcast happening. Uh, it's not a lot of time for us, Austin. It's just not a lot of time for us. Hey, Coos, one what question up? for you real quick. What up? Did Pueblo Tropical come visit today at the studio again? Yes, they did. <laughs> ah, Coos, thanks for bringing us some. What's up with that, hey, man? Did I, you save I, some in the fridge? You know you know who should have brought you some is, is boss man Nick. He's the one that actually came out there. Hey, dude. <laughs> hey, how come Pueblo Tropical came by the office we didn't know about it? Okay, well, it's a simple five-minute drive. Okay, sorry. It's not good radio when I'm talking to my boss. And people can't hear him. Yeah. Sorry. You should have seen the fa- should have seen the look after we both turned around at the same time. Well, I'll tell you to, what. To we, we were not impressed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you want to talk about contract holdouts here, Brent, with Le'Veon Bell, man. <laughs> you, you keep messing up that Pollo Tropico stuff, and uh, me and Brent might be taking our talent someplace else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, uh, is there leftovers, uh, Coos, back in the station? Coos? Who's are there leftovers? Sorry, yes. Uh, sorry, I was on the phone with some with some callers. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Should um, we get them on the phone? Yeah, you want to patch them through or what? Do you, well, I can. She was just asking where you guys were today. Ah, PGA Tour Superstore. Let her know. Come on out. You got till six o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, so really, the most important question is, and we love the callers. Uh, appreciate <laughs> it. Keep them coming. Star Star Six Ninety. But is there are there leftovers? Uh, I'll have to go check on that. Okay, make sure it gets in the fridge now. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on TV tonight. Don't let the housekeeper steal it I haven't eaten all day. Again. Or the uh, housekeeper, the, the custodian steal the it again. Housekeeper. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I know, that's bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think I'm we bad. have one of those. But, yeah. uh, all right, hey, NBA. So, Kuz, I brought, who's the most intriguing uh, free agent out there? Uh, is it Kevin Durant? Is it Kawhi Leonard? I, is, it I, some, is it Anthony Davis? No. Uh, well, and he's not a free agent, but I, I, you get my point. The situation. I which, think, one's the, which one do you have your eyes on the most? I think all the guys are... Probably equally way to sit on the fence. Chris. Yeah, 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 but but it's because I think it would be Kevin Durant no matter what. Um, but now the injury kind of changes that. Although there's teams like the Knicks saying they'll still throw a max at him. 
um, and just take a year off, essentially. So, you know, I think that's interesting, and, and you could have your debate there if you wanted, but um, Kawhi's going to be the one that, if he does leave, I think a lot of people are going to be like, wait, dude, you, why, would, why blow this team up, you know? You might be able to run it back again. So is your answer Kawhi Leonard? I think right now it's Kawhi, but I, I think Durant is a close second. Okay. Uh, what about Anthony? I mean, you think Anthony Davis is going to stay in New Orleans, Kuz? What are you What are you kind of feeling with him right now? No, I think he's. I think he's for sure headed to uh, the Lakers, depending on how they figure out to to make that trade work. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, what situation has changed the most out of those three? We know those are the three big ones, and there's a lot more happening in the NBA. But uh, does Tor- what, Kawhi Leonard winning a championship? Does it change his situation or people's belief that he leaves Toronto or not? Kevin Durant's injury, does it change people's belief that he's automatically out the door of the New York Knicks? He picks up that player option of $31.5 million. Anthony Davis, and how has his situation changed? Well, Zion Williamson. So which one will influence one of those big three players or big three situations more than the other? I think uh, Kawhi's could immediately because wherever he goes, if he doesn't stay... He could be going to a, a team that could potentially have a, um, a, a room for a second star, which then maybe Anthony Davis considers that team, you know. Uh, he wants to go to L.A., but but say Kawhi goes to the Clippers and the Clippers can also pay Anthony Davis. Well, maybe those guys go there, team up, and, and the Warriors seem vulnerable next year because you'd imagine Clay's not going to be able to return and uh, Durant's not going to be able to return. So, you know, the West is kind of open now. What do you think, Lane? Train? So, do you, I mean, and Kuz, you can answer this question as well. I mean, do you buy the whole narrative that Kawhi wants to go back to the, I mean, he wants to go home, basically, mm-hmm. um, and go play for the Clippers? I mean, is that kind of the given now? Because, like, I don't know, and I get, like, every professional athlete's different. Like, I never had the motivation, like, I mean, and I have a choice. But I always said, like, there wasn't a, a percent, there wasn't one percent of me that wanted to go back to Green Bay and play back in Wisconsin. Because I knew if that was going to happen, uh, my blood alcohol level probably would have been more aggressive than Aaron Rodgers trying to leave the pocket. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, I would have my friends there for training camp with kegs, and it, just, it would have been a nightmare. So, like, see, for me, from, from my perspective, I enjoyed Jacksonville, and Jacksonville was what I wanted to be because I was kind of away from my hometown. I was I was mm-hmm. away from um, necessarily like the distractions, and people could always come watch me wherever I played. And I get it. I mean, I'm comparing NBA to NFL, and that may not be right, but I'm, I'm talking about from a professional athlete's perspective, especially like a Kawhi Leonard who seems so laid back, who seems so chill, doesn't like the spotlight. I mean, is, is he that hell-bent on going back home where he came from? the only thing we really have to go off it's the only comments that he's really ever made and everyone's making that connection to wanting to go home and that's what he's what he said back when he was with the spurs so i mean he hasn't really said anything to make us think otherwise other than he did so well with toronto why would you leave um and then there's reports that he bought a house out there so you could you could really take a deep dive into it if you wanted to but you know i i don't know how you leave after winning you know yeah, it's really tough. See, I don't even know if it's after winning, Coos, because mm-hmm. I think what's hard for a player is to be that one-year rental guy. You know? I, I think it's hard to be seen as that guy that yeah. just went to a place for one year. There, yeah. There is loyalty in sports. It, it, whether you, um, whether at the end of the day you, you, you fall into that and say, okay, loyalty wins the day, the bottom line is it tugs at you. Mm-hmm. You know, that will be a, a thing that he has to wrestle with. To say, 
man, I came here for a year, helped them win a championship, and then I'm just flying out of here. Where does he live in Toronto lore, Mm -hmm. in their history, if he's there for a year? It was like, hey, we hardly knew you, and especially with him because you hardly do know him. But do you think he really cares about the lore and everything? I I I think, guys, I don't know. You're right. You're right. You bring up that great point of, hey, I didn't want to. Everybody always assumes people want to go back home. I always say this about this business. I, I worked back home a little bit, yeah. but I've never really, since I've left there, said, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. I really want to go work in Boston. Yeah, or yeah. I want to go work for ESPN, like in Bristol, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're working here. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I never really said that that much. That wasn't, like, in my mind frame. But yeah. for a lot of folks, it is, and I respect that. It's like, hey, I want to get back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to Pennsylvania now. or New York or where, where I grew up, be with the family, be all that stuff. Like, that does drive their decision-making to get back home sometimes, yeah. even if it's not the best situation for them. Well, and I remember some, like, a little bit for the narrative was with Kevin Durant a couple years ago. I was like, he's going to go try to go to Washington because that, that's where he grew up around. So he's going to play for the Wizards, you know, and that, um, that never transpired. I don't think it's going to transpire, but, like, yeah, I mean, I guess every professional athlete's different, but I'm just speaking from Kawhi's case, a guy that seems just so low-key, doesn't really care about the lore at all. I mean, just mm-hmm. kind of goes about his business his own way. Uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if he stays well, in Toronto. And, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him that he goes and signs maybe a one- or a two-year deal to really make a run with Toronto, and then maybe after that he signs a long-term and, and heads over to the Clippers or heads home to, or, you know, wherever he goes. He could, that is still also an option for him. I think the one situation that changed the most, by the way, to answer my own question, I think Anthony Davis is still on his way out. I think Kawhi Leonard does end up out of Toronto. I think now Kevin Durant, the chances that he picks up that $31 million Mm -hmm. option and stays for a year and knows when he comes back in April, he doesn't have to be leading a team. He'll already be part of a team that has a chance to win a championship. And I think it's worth the stay for one more year. <laughs> for $31 yeah. million, it's worth it. It's not a for bad risk yeah. to do that and yeah. maybe win the championship they didn't win. I think there's going to be a sense of responsibility on Durant. Not, not that it was his fault, no. but it was a sense of responsibility that he got hurt. And because he got hurt, he cost them a chance to win the championship this year. I think the one thing that changes out of all the three situations, I think Kevin Durant at this point is going to stay in Golden State. I think he is too, just for the reason that – it's hard to be the man on a new team, all right? So say if he goes to New York, um, I don't know, like maybe bro- whatever. I mean, just pick your team or he'd be the man. It's hard to go on a, on a new team, a new city, and be the man right away. And then it's also, it's even harder to be the man when you come off a catastrophic injury like his Achilles. So that's a lot of pressure on somebody. Not saying Kevin Durant can't handle the pressure, but this was the guy who couldn't beat Golden State, Oklahoma City, and decided... I don't want to say you can't beat him, join him, but it was like, you know, that was kind of the thing. Now, maybe Kevin Durant's won his championships with Golden State. Maybe he wants to prove to the NBA uh, and the NBA fans that he is indeed the guy. He can he can lead a team on his own. But it's that's a hard thing to do, number one, in a new city. And it's a hard thing to do, number two, when you come off a major injury. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last thing about the NBA, and then we'll take a timeout. Uh, I'll give you an update on the U.S. Open coming up in just a couple of moments, too. Uh, who's out there, who's hot, and uh, a local guy that had a really good round today to get him back in the mix, or at least the conversation, going into the weekend. Are the Warriors done? Is this the dynasty, the five-year run, the three championships, the, all these finals? Is it over uh, for Golden State as we know it? Will, this, will they either age? Will they start losing players like Durant? Are they going to get injured and, and some of that magic has worn off? 
um, or do we see another year or even more out of Golden State? I don't think Golden State's done by any means because you look at the way they play ball. Um, Reggie Miller had a long, successful career of the style that he played. Steph Curry can do the same thing. Uh, Steph Curry is a finesse three-point shooter, and um, he can play for a lot of years. And as long as Steph Curry's in Golden State, I believe they have a chance. Now, yeah, I say have a chance to, yes, make the playoffs, but Steph Curry can't do it all himself. Let's be honest. We saw what happened last night. Um, But if Klay Thompson does stay, you have Steph and Klay Thompson, and this is a Klay Thompson who just tore uh, his ACL, so he's not going to be back until probably the middle of the NBA season next year. Um, Who knows how he's going to be. So from that perspective, though, and you have a coach like Steve Kerr, who, in my opinion, I think is one of the best coaches in the NBA right now, I think they do have a chance uh, in a Western Conference that might be a little more wide open than people give it credit for. So I think they have a chance. Um, I, I have the hard time picking them as the favorites now, but I think they still have a chance. Did it really see, felt like – pow- Did you see we, uh, we posted a uh, power rankings on our Twitter, and the top three teams are all in the East – um, next year, for next year, they got Milwaukee one, Toronto mm. two, Sounds Sixers good. three, and then Nuggets four. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, so three, where do, yeah. and so what is Golden State next, and the Lakers after that? Where, where do they have? I stopped after that because I saw the Sixers and got excited. Yeah, figure. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> He's unbelievable. It does feel like He's a little bit of the mojo has been taken out of Golden State, but that's just immediate because well, of all the injuries and what happened. I will say this. been a bad couple months for Clay Thompson. Remember that you didn't get the third-team yeah. All-Pro? Cost him the max-max deal, and now this injury, uh, it's been a bad – and, and well, of course, the loss. And never take for granted, too, the – the whole narrative of unfinished business, you know. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, that's why I think Durant might end up back. Well, exactly. You know, and yes, Durant has won some championships, but still, I mean, they were expected to win it this year. They didn't. There were a lot of circumstances that didn't go there in their favor, and now you have a bunch of professional athletes with um, that want to win that didn't win uh, for various reasons. I mean. The whole thing of unfinished business is real, Brent, and some athletes want to prove people wrong. So wouldn't be surprised if Clay stays and if Kevin Durant stays as well. Now, I think Boogie Cousins is kind of the outlier yeah, yeah. here. Um, it depends what Boogie wants to yeah. do. I think, I mean, Kuz, I mean, the guy can probably, I don't see him getting a max deal, right? Like, there's no way. I, I think there will be a demand for him, so he'll get a lot of money. But again, if he's looking at it, it might, with the unfinished business type side of it, he's looking at it as a team who's going to have Steph and Dre next year and maybe he can come in and be that third star and that's you know a a trio of that and put some you know role guys around him and whoever comes back like that's still really competitive nba team true but i mean and honestly i think what the warriors have to focus on this offseason more than anything is their bench i think their bench maybe got a little exposed uh for this Mm -hmm. raptors series um getting a little more depth and you have well i think andre Iguodala actually started a couple games now, but I think you have a bench who's getting up there in age and everything, so I think you need some new, fresh talent uh, as well. Well, we have some unfinished business here on ESPN 690 on a Friday. Uh, We'll have Stay in Your Lane, a little more football talk, and uh, the hardest thing about being a dad. Eh. I'm going to gun through the list. I'm thinking, okay. I'm going to see where you're at. Okay. It's coming up. And you can jump in. Star Star 690 is our number here until 6 o'clock. PGA Tour Superstore. We've given away a few prize packs. All you have to do is jump on the simulator, try to beat us. The mark to beat to beat me is 27 feet. We've already had a couple of winners, and uh, you can try it. Come on out until 6 o'clock here on ESPN 690 at the PGA Tour Superstore on a Friday heading into a Father's Day weekend. We have another winner. 
People are just rocking it today. How far? How close? 20 feet? 20 feet. 20 feet. Big 27. That's a winner. That's a few winners here on this Friday, round number two of the U.S. Open. It's a lot of razors. Brent Martineau, Huston Lane here at uh, the PGA Tour Superstore at the Town Center. Yeah, we're not only giving away gift cards to the PGA Tour Superstore, a little prize pack from ESPN 690, but it includes a year's worth of razors. Yep. Like, seriously, 52 razors. Like, mm-hmm. think about the cost of razors. Yep. Not a, not cheap. I mean, I, once again, I wouldn't know, Brent. We've been over this. Oh, I yeah, don't sure. shave, but... Uh, yeah, do you don't, you don't have like there. a razor in your bathroom just for like no, the look I, of it. Well, no, I actually I do use a razor. Um, like when I do like kind of shave the sides of my head, then I use a razor to clean them up a little bit. But that razor can last me all year because I only use like you know a quarter, like an inch of, inch of my face with it. So fair enough. Uh, yes. Justin Rose in the lead at the U.S. Open after two rounds, shot a seventy today. He's at seven under par, so he didn't run away from the field, yep. but he does have a two-shot advantage over Aaron Wise, who's in the clubhouse after 36 holes. Scott Piercy out on the course, he's at 5-under. Ricky Fowler, even through two holes so far today, he's at 5-under. Xander Shoffley, even through the first hole, and he's at 5-under. Louis Ustazen just teeing off moments ago. Uh, Ches Reavy, uh, Chesson Hadley, Matt Kuchar, Brooks Kepka, three shots back. Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, Sepp Straka, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Gary Woodland, Sergio Garcia, and Hideki Matsuyama, four shots back. And then how about Jim Furyk's round? One of the best of the day, shot a 67. He's now two under par, moved up 58 spots here in round number two. He's in the top 20 and in pretty good shape going into the weekend. As for Tiger Woods, bogeyed the eighth and ninth hole, which is which were his last two holes of the day, 17 and 18 for him, and uh, ends up. One over par, 72. He's even for the tournament. He really played better than he played yesterday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he really did. He hit the ball well going into the greens. He had putts for birdie on, I would say, seven or eight holes, under 20 feet, and he just couldn't make a putt. Yesterday, he saved the round by making a putt. I guess it evens out in the long run, but it was a ho-hum disappointing one over, 72 for Tiger Woods. He's even, seven shots back, tied for 32nd, but... There's plenty of golf to be played for Tiger. We'll see where the leaders end up again. That coverage on Fox 30. We'll see you on TV tonight, Fox 30 and CBS 47. But you can watch the U.S. Open round number two on Fox 30 tonight in prime time and all weekend long. Let's Boom. get into a little stay in your lane. You got it. And your lane is not golf. It's not golf. Hey, did you find out the numbers of the Stanley Cup yet? Because I, I got to see how many people are going to be interested in my pump your brakes coming up in a couple minutes here. All right. Let but me check it out. We'll go with cruise control first here. You know what? I've been kind of I've been kind of hard on the Toronto fans. Um, the whole booing KD thing, wasn't a fan of it. Drake uh, celebrating you know, the first couple games, especially against the Bucks, wasn't a fan of it, but... You know what? Then all of a sudden this this superstar, this legend that everyone's calling plant guy comes out, makes his rounds in social media, and now, you know what, Brent? I'm kind of back on the Toronto Raptors bandwagon. Check out some of this audio here. After the Toronto Raptors secured their NBA championship, this is the scene in Toronto. What's with the plant, man? Where'd you get that? It's a housewarming gift for Kawhi. Oh, I see. He's staying. Does he know this yet? I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him yet. I think he's somewhere in Oakland right now celebrating his butt off. Well, when you see him, tell him I got a housewarming gift. Tell him I love him. I will. What kind of plant is that? Tell him it's a plant for Kawhi. It's a Kawhi plant. It's a Kawhi plant. It's a Kawhi cactus. Have a good night, man. Kawactus. Kawactus. I like it. I like it. It's a plant guy says it's a Kawactus. I think plant guy, um, 
I think he's I think he's doing well. I think he's having a good night. Let's just put it that way. There you go. Plant guy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the beauty of live television. I'll tell you what. If you're Kawhi Leonard, why wouldn't you want to stay in Toronto? When people are – and to set the record straight, I didn't even set this up. So the dude holding the plan obviously took it out of some kind of – I don't know, like park or something, but he's carrying around like this giant like palm. It looks like. I mean, it's like three times as big as he is, and he's carrying it around the street. Um, you know, obviously the news station picked him up and talked to him a little bit. But how can you not like uh, the, the the plant guy in Toronto, man? I was just going to ask you, the plant guy in Toronto. Uh, could the plant guy also live in Seattle and Denver? Ooh, are, are you getting towards the thing of medical marijuana? Oh, maybe he's taking <laughs> medical marijuana, Brett. Maybe he's got <laughs> I, some nerve damage. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I'm just asking. Well, who knows? Maybe he's on the NFL board coming for this new CBA. We'll to see. Answer but, your question about yeah, hockey, by the way. Uh, pretty good rating. What do you got? Uh, in Jacksonville, I, I'm actually surprised that this number is a, a 5.3 rating in eight share. That's pretty good in, okay. in Jacksonville, I think, for hockey. Okay. So not bad. So people are going to carry up to say next here about the St. Louis Blues. So I, I broke down the Toronto Raptors a little bit. Brent, now, At least an eight share of the audience uh, is going to care. Okay, the eight share. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice even number here. So, uh, listen, we've talked about the St. Louis Blues a little bit the past couple of days. Brent, I want to do something here. Um, it's not really a game, but I have a question for you. What you're about to hear are St. Louis Blues fans in the streets. Okay. I want you to guess what they're trying to accomplish by the audio that you hear, okay? And now, Kuz, make sure you uh, edited the, the, the F-bomb out of it, okay? I'm like well, 20% sure I did. Okay, 20%, 20% sure. I like our chances here, Kuz. Get right, the ready? dump button ready. All right, Brent, what is going on? Give it all you got! See, just ain't budging. Okay, Brent. <laughs> did, what, did, what were those St. Louis Blues fans trying to do? And people can play at home as well. Well, it was either a cat got stuck in a, a hollow tree trunk. Nope. Or somebody was delivering a baby. Nope. Did you want to hear it one more time? Because keep in mind, they're in St. Louis. That's the, that's the big hint here. They're in St. Louis. Coos, play it one more time. Give it all you got! She just ain't budging. She just ain't budging. What are they trying to push over? After winning, you push over cars. Yeah, that's correct, but not in St. Louis. What you're hearing there, you give up? I'm trying to think of it yeah. quick. Uh, I am giving up. You give up, okay. Uh, what, what you're hearing is about 20 raging drunk St. Louis Blues fans trying to push over the St. Louis Arch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and much to their dismay, it didn't. It didn't move. So I wonder if uh, they, can you get arrested for that? I, well, for that? I mean, even I if it's know. not budging. Yeah, I have no idea. But uh, if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, just type in St. Louis fans pushing Arch over. Yeah, uh, we got another contestant. Up. Good oh. luck. Got to be 27 feet here at the PGA Tour Superstore. But, hey, what would you if if when the Jags? This is what I said on TV the other night. Sure. When I watched that blues scene, I said, you know what, I love, and every time I think about the blues scene or the Jurassic Park Toronto, yep. I said someday it's coming to Jacksonville. Yes. Someday it is. the Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And this, I can't. Every time I see a scene like that, I'm like, man, how will it be in Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. What will it be like? And it's always weird for me because I'll be at the game, most likely, if I'm still in the business. Yep. And everybody back here, what will they be doing? And you almost, like, I'd love being at the game, but I'd almost rather be back here. Oh, you, in a I sense. mean, I would, I'd be back here. Brent, I'll tell you what I would do. I would, I would go to the nearest pawn shop. 
I would quickly buy a baritone saxophone, purchase it. I would then go to Fred Durst's house from Limp Bizkit, and I'd be like, Fred, get the band back together. We're doing this thing. Uh, I would make sure they got Fred Durst, John Otto, Wes Borland. Not sure what the bassist uh, guitarist name was. Used to live in our neighborhood. Never really got his name, though. He's kind of the unspoken one. Okay. Uh, I would get him as well. I would wrangle them all up downtown. We would uh, start out with break stuff, and I would probably go to jail after that. You would break stuff? No, the, the song breaks oh. stuff. It's just one of those days, Brent. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, hey, so where would people gather, though? Like, you know, if you're trying to push down the arch yeah. in St. Louis. <laughs> well, that was, granted, I'm not sure if everyone was gathered there. That like, was just like, what are 10 you, people being drunk. What's, but. Is it the statue, the Jaguar statue? Look out. Oh, put, a, put a gate and put security around the Jag statue. People trying to lift that up and then hold it and take it home. <laughs> I'm not encouraging this, by the way. I'm just curious. Like, what's oh. what's going to make us look like a bunch oh, of idiots? No, you know what it is, trying man. to do something. You know what? Honestly, if it's me, Brent, I'm scaling that stadium and I'm going to jump in the pools in the stadium. Oh, oh. yeah, the pools. The I, pools. I'm not sure right now the mayor and everybody are liking us giving ideas for <laughs> Lenny, this. Lenny Curry's tweeting rap lyrics. He doesn't have to worry about me climbing up the stadium in the pools. He's fine. <laughs> he's, he's got enough on his plate already, yes. with all due respect to Mr. Curry. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Uh, has that. Hey, we're going to take a timeout uh, here on the show, and when we put a bow on the show, we'll give you an update on the headlines of the day, and also it's Father's Day weekend. The good and bad of being a dad. What you think? Oh, it's all gravy, man. Oh, no, it's not. No complaints on Don't this end. Don't do that. No, no complaints on this end, Brent. I'm going to go up and down the list and see if you really think that Bring is it. the case. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Let's do this. See how future Lulu Lane We'll do with that. Oh, ain't gonna be no Lulu Lane for that much. <laughs> Roxy, Roxy, Lulu Lane. It's gonna be Roxy Lane. She's gonna have an attitude. She's gonna have spunk. Thank goodness, Ronan, you were safe, buddy. Yeah, oh yeah, you were safe. Yep. Happy Father's Day from the PGA Tour Superstore. Come on out for the next few minutes. We just had another winner. Maybe we had another one right behind us. You can be a winner too. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Well, hopefully you're listening or watching Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 live at the PGA Tour Superstore, finishing up another week. Hope you're having a good week and heading to the weekend. Have some fun. Be safe. Enjoy Father's Day if you're doing some uh, celebrating with the family or if you're just chilling out, maybe watching some golf on Fox 30 all weekend long. A baseball tournament this weekend. There's a softball tournament as well. Uh, so we got some ball. That's what we like. In the Martino uh, household, what is the hardest part about being a dad? That's the question. That's yep. coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the best part about being a dad? That's like the mushy stuff, right? Because you got to say like the right thing. First of all, let me say this: I think Father's Day is dumb. Come on, man. Yep. Why? Why you gonna make us look bad? I don't know. I just like. I, I just think all the Hallmark holidays are dumb. Yeah. I'm like a bit. I'm not a big Hallmark holiday. I'm not really guy. big on it either. To tell you now, truth. listen. If you like it, uh, I, I also don't criticize it. If you like it, if you want to be a part of it, I just don't think like you don't have to. It, Ty and Kaylee, if you're listening, you don't have to get me a card. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to get me socks or a tie. Do something nice for you, Brent. You know they are. Yeah, but I mean, well, get it to me like two, three weeks ago instead of <laughs> Hallmark making a day, so you have to get it. Sure. You know. Yeah, I got I, you. I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question? Because I actually do have an important question from the, the dad expert yourself here, a guy who <laughs> yes. has twins, yeah. uh, boy and a girl. Which one is harder to raise? 
because you have, I mean, hey, I don't want, I mean, you could probably hurt some feelings here, but I want the honest truth because what better man to ask than literally a guy who has kids that are the same age that are, you know, the opposite sex. So yeah. The, boys uh, or girls. There's a better chance Ty's listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, let's start there. Yep. Uh, there's another uh, out I have here, and that is I work like three jobs. Sure. So I don't know what it's like to raise them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we celebrate Mother's Day. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's like I always tell my friends because it's funny, like me and my friends kind of all had kids at the same time. And, you know, I'd get phone calls like, dude, like how, how do you do it, man? Like because, you know, like when, you know, like when your wife's pregnant, you know, sometimes there can be some uh, emotions. There can be some, <laughs> um, you know, like, I mean, some, some moments, some hormones going there, you know, like maybe freaking out uh, in the middle of an ice cream shop because they don't have apple uh, spice ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't want to name any names. <laughs> Just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a text message here in a little bit. I can't wait for it. Uh, you have a consecutive day streak. It happens, and, and maybe maybe, maybe sometimes when you when you and maybe sometimes when you're in Chicago and you go to Portillo's and you bring back a, a hot dog, or like a you know a sh- Chicago style dog, and it's in the hotel room. Maybe she tells you to get out of the room because it smells too bad. I mean, so there's just like little things like that. Yeah, but, yeah. craving yeah. pickles, but, but at I, like midnight. But I always give people the, the best advice of what to do. You know, when when your wife's expecting pretty soon, like. You as a husband, as a father, what you can do to support her. And I always say the same thing. I say, get an NFL contract, go play in Chicago, (laughs) and let her take care of it for about four or five months, and then just kind of come in when the baby's there. Perfect, perfect idea, man. That's a good idea. That's what I did. Uh, Here's here's my best advice for that when you're having a kid is don't read the books. The books, while they're probably pretty, you got the text message. I got the text message. She uh, said it was pumpkin pie ice cream. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> way my to, bad. Way to screw it up. Yeah, really call her out, then screw up the yep, kind of ice know, cream, exactly. which is pretty important. Well, we know, Brent. I was pretty shaken up at the time, and I was doing about a lot of time apologizing, <laughs> so I didn't get the ice cream down. My bad. <laughs> but don't read the books. There's all these books that say, here's how you're supposed to do it: week one, yeah. week three, week eight, yeah. week twelve, week, and, so, and then that's where people start freaking out because like wait a minute it's not happening it's not happening yeah. 28 days in, oh my gosh you sure. know so i'd say don't read the books okay um the other thing I that happens books, to me my my, my, <laughs> fatherly, my fatherly advice is everybody used to, used to say to me i don't know how you do it with two how did you guys do it with two of course like well we never had one yeah so i guess you just wouldn't make the know. Best of the situation so, but right? i do think it would be super challenging mm-hmm. if you had a kid and then had twins or yeah. in CISO Shorts, the third case, as we learned this week, four kids Dude. and then had triplets. I know. Man. I mean, I'd be pour out of my mind. Pour out a drink for that guy, for real. I mean, that is unbelievable. Yeah. And he did, he admitted it. He was like, I, I'm out of the house as soon as I can get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would be – now, that would be a shock. Yeah. That would be a shell shock. So, uh, I just – the twin stuff was easy for us. For sure. It was triplets that would have been hard okay. because we had like a Toyota Camry at the time. Okay. And so, you know, if you have twins, I always thought you could carry both um, things. What are they called? <laughs> yeah. What's the things called? Car seats? Yeah, thank you very much. Car seats. Like the seat. Yeah, car seats. Brent probably didn't it's use been car a while. Seats. Yeah. Hey. Um, so, no, we did the car seat thing. You can carry both of them. Yeah. If you have like a Toyota Camry in the back seat, it's okay. You can put one on the left side and one on the right side. But you can't put three across. Yeah. So three changes everything. Yeah. Like you'd have to go get a minivan or, a, or an SUV or yeah. it changed. You'd have to have somebody else helping you. Yeah. See, and I was when I was actually with the kids a lot mm-hmm. in the first few years. Mm-hmm. And in Albany, New York, yeah. my wife was teaching. She was actually coaching volleyball too. Okay. Not to say she wasn't there. No, Don't take that this so... way, Steph, okay? Oh, man. 
it's I'm just saying, I would, do what the, you want. The way my schedule worked, I was yeah. with the kids a lot more because I didn't go in until about 2 o'clock. Okay. So we'd have somebody watch the kids. We didn't have family around, so maybe I'd drop them off at 1, mm-hmm. and so they might have been with, like, a babysitter uh, for a couple of hours. Yeah. But all morning I was with them. But I could not stay in the house, man. Yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. I can't sit still like that. Yeah. So I would take them to the grocery store or we'd go wherever, but I couldn't have done that with three. Mm-hmm. So two change, two was two was good. Sure, boy and girl, out of the way, healthy, happy, and you're crushing it. I mean, Ty, with all due respect, needs to stop talking smack about Murray State in my golf game. But yeah. but for the most part, Brent, you're doing a good job, man. Uh, I think actually um, that's probably where I've raised him the best. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about your golf. I mean, uh, are we giving fatherly advice? Do you want? Am I supposed to be say something? Now too? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you the hardest thing about being a dad in a moment. Okay. But uh, go ahead. What's your fatherly advice? Well, You're four and a half some, years in. Hey, four something years that, in? Something four maybe years the, the email should have said before we came to the show. I have to have like a speech ready. No, but, no. But, uh, you know, this is just talking from To the be heart. quite honest I with you, it. nobody's really going to take your advice. Okay, fair enough. I then. mean, you're 6'6". Yep. Six, six, you're all tatted up. Falling on you deaf ears. You fight MMA. You played violent game in the NFL. Why Fall, the heck would anybody listen to you? Falling on deaf ears. <laughs> and that's all good. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. So, you know what? My advice, and listen, I'm going to set this scene back to when I found out that uh, we were going to have a baby. And um, it's what you call a miracle, or as what I told my mom when she had me, it must have been kind of a bummer for you, but I said <laughs> I was a miracle. Uh, so, you know, Ronan was a miracle baby. Uh, he was not in the plans. We were not expecting that soon, especially since I was going to Chicago um, for, for for training camp, basically, a, a month before. So I knew my wife would be back in Jacksonville. That's where he lived at the time, by herself. So I'll never forget the night she told me. Um, she barely could get the words out because she was crying a lot of emotion, and my first response like an idiot was, ha good one, I thought she was kidding, <laughs> literally, um, and that in return she said, F you, and I'm like I'm sorry, okay, you must be serious uh, so, you know and, and go get me some pumpkin well, spice ice cream, and listen, well, that's <laughs> what you mentioned I was listening to the story though, Brent, so like immediately I'm on the spot, and like, you know I'm the I'm the coach getting ready to lead the team to the Super Bowl, I have to come up with something cool to say um, and I was drawing blanks and I'm like, you know what, and I just spoke I spoke from the truth, this can apply to a lot of dads out there. I, I told my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, my fiance, I told her that, you know what, raising a kid, I think, is a lot, it's a lot like a, like a group project, right? And what a better person to do a group project with than your best friend? And that's kind of what I told her. And um, so, you know what, we should go get some ice cream because ice cream fixes everything. So, literally, this was the day that we went to get, well, one of the days we went to go ice cream. And, you know, I'm being the man, Ben. I'm like, I'll, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to be golden. Can't wait. We got a baby on the way. This is great news. Well, we get in the ice cream store, and this is Kilwins, by the way, the town center, a little name drop for you. But um, I couldn't help but notice there was about, like, 30 kids in there. And all these kids had, like, the, these were the trust fund babies, Brent, okay? <laughs> these kids had, like, turtlenecks, and then they had, like, the like the sweater vests, like, tied around their shoulders. I'm I, telling you I'm what. talking I mean, about talk, a bunch of stereotype people. No, oh, well, this is not stereotyping. This is spitting facts here. <laughs> these are some entitled brats. And there was, like, three or four-year-olds that were going crazy because they didn't have the ice cream that they wanted. They wanted the blue ice cream. They didn't have the blue ice cream. So, like, I'm in the middle of this ice cream store, and these kids are going absolutely bonkers. And now, and listen, I, I've never suffered from anxiety. I've never really freaked out. I'm a pretty chill, laid-back individual. But at that moment, Brent, I, I, I kid you not, I almost fell to my knees uh, because, like, it was like a blanket was wrapped over me. And I started stressing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to be like this one day. 
you know, um, so we got the ice cream, I get in the car, and now I'm freaking out, I'm like, this is, this is not, this is, you know, this is crazy, like, these kids were not behaving, and that's on the parents, like, are we gonna be that bad, and, um, my wife kind of just turned to me, she's like, listen, we're gonna be fine, so now she's calming me down, she's having the baby, I'm not, but I'm getting calmed down now, and we all agree, like, listen, as long as we're there, um, as long as we, we teach about respect, we teach about love, and we don't raise little a-holes, as my, as my <laughs> wife said, we're, we're gonna be okay, and you know what? Uh, I'm not sure if we're doing okay yeah, or not. Whenever I go to when I, Jerry's still out. Well, whenever I go pick up my son at daycare, um, he gets really good remarks and everything, so I think we're doing okay. But honestly, to all your dads out there, um, you know, coming from from someone who, who didn't really have a dad growing up that much, who had to rely on his mom a lot and my grandparents, I think the biggest job of being a dad, it literally it doesn't matter how good you're doing, is just being there. Just being there to pick your son up or pick your daughter up um, if they're down. Uh, be there to make them laugh, make them, you know, uh, maybe hate you sometimes because the things aren't going their way. But as long as you're in their life, as long as you're active, that's all that matters. That, that's, that's all I got. I will say I really thought Ty was a little a-hole today on the ninth hole <laughs> after a double bogey usually. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's very good. It's true. Yeah. That is true, right? I mean, in serious speaking, uh, dads are a big focus um, all across the country in our communities and, yeah. and being a part of kids' lives. And so many other people step in to be that dad role. Oh, without but, a doubt. But, you know, like my, my mom ended up remarrying, and I have, a, I, have a, I have a cool stepdad, Mark, a.k.a. the bison, as everybody calls him. Um, and that's where I get a lot of my personality from is, is, is the bison. So shout out to the bison. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And I also think, you know what, that's where coaches come in. Of course. I think coaches are so impactful on, on young kids. They were on mine. Heck, my coach is my mentor in this business, my coach uh, in Little League. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get so uh, much influence from I, – I, it might not be sports, by the way. It could be a teacher. could be sports. could yep. be – but I, I kind of equate it to coaches in, in doing what we do uh, or that dad figure, whatever it is, uh, sure. for so many. So uh, that's a good message. got to be there. All right, the hardest part. First of all, the scariest part of having a kid, if you haven't had one yet – and you're having one. Yeah. And I hope there's somebody out there listening right now that's like a week away. And they're yeah. just like, they're all, all bent they're all nervous and we're, stuff. We're here for you. And <laughs> by, by the way, if you guys don't have names yet, feel free to call that's the right. show and we'll give you some names. We have started our own business. Yes. We are doing uh, baby names. Yes, baby uh, we names. can We can uh, come up with those. And now we might have fatherly advice. Yes, we Although do. Although I'm man. not sure this segment is going as well as baby names. <laughs> but the scariest thing that happens yeah. after your kid is born. Yeah. This is one or two or how many. Sure. Is putting them in the car seat when it's time to leave the hospital. Oh, yeah. Good call. The kid's like six pounds. Yep. Right? You're already afraid to touch it. Yeah. Him, her, it. Yep. Yep. No, for sure. <laughs> and then you've got to put them in this car seat because you have to do it. Yeah. And they just get <laughs> swallowed up by the car seat. You know, you're not even sure. You can't even make the the strap small enough yeah. to fit over the car seat. <laughs> it was the scariest thing to do is putting them in the car seat, taking them out of the hospital, and it's probably the whole moment at the same time. But then put you never drove so slow in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you drive home from the hospital, that's that's a good call, man. That's Th- a good that one. is like the the poignant moment of having the kids. Yeah, I remember. I can still remember like the ride. Yeah, and everything. Um, I guess the that's the scariest scary, moment. So if we're being honest now. Well, that I mean, when they fall out of the high chair or something because oh, you yeah, left them. I yeah, mean, that, that, that too. That, that but that always, well, mom said kids bounce and they kind of do. Um, <laughs> if we're being honest here, and maybe one day my son will go back and hear this, and I, I want to apologize in advance to him. But so my son had problems like coming out of the womb, basically. Like, okay. So they had to get like a suction cup thing, right? 
and like it's like a little pumper thing, and it basically it attaches to their forehead, and then it pumps them out. Well, what the books didn't tell me. Because I read three of See, them. shouldn't have read and the books. what the nurses didn't tell me. And Everybody's the, story's different. And what the doctors didn't tell me is that when they use that the, the uh, suction cup device, that sometimes, because it's so much suction and the baby's heads are soft, that they'll come out kind of like, like a cone head. Yeah, yeah. You know? It'll be like yeah, elongated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically deformed. Deformed. Great word. Bit. Yeah, cone head. Well, I uh, say deformed a bit because then it... Well, yeah. yeah. So they used that in my son. No, I had no idea what I was expecting, and all of a sudden he comes out, and literally he's like a human bobblehead, cone doll, <laughs> cone head kind of dude. And I'm like, you guys broke him. Like he's literally that's not normal. You guys just broke my son. Congratulations. Like I was literally I was a little upset because I'm like that's not normal. Yeah. That doesn't look right. But then I was reassured that eventually you know everything will go back, and he had to like wear this little helmet thing. But yeah, it was all good. Then after that, that does happen. Yeah, but um, I was I was stressed about that to say the least. All right, one last one for you. Yeah. Uh, changing diapers. Yep. Did you mind it? Were you good at it? Um, it depended. If it was like a war zone, then my wife had to do it because she's in healthcare. And guess what? If you're in healthcare, you're used to some blood and some guts or whatever it is. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, babe, that was the, the, the that was the course that you chose. Yeah. Okay, so you have to take care. <laughs> this is of your this. territory. Yeah, this is your territory, not mine. I didn't grow up like that. So she takes care of all that stuff. I did not mind changing diapers at all. Really? In fact, I said, put. Off, I do not want to change the kid that you're potty training. That spills or messes up the floor and, and everything, and it's all over their clothes. Yeah. I said, hold off on the potty training as long as possible. I'll change these diapers for five years if it takes. Dang, them. man. Good for you. Diapers Brent way better than going through like a six-month period of potty training. Fair the much. hardest thing about being a dad, at least if you, know, you don't have this, yeah. at least yet, is doing your little girl's hair. See, I was going to say hardest that, Brent, thing, but I think the hardest thing for you is going to be what, what happens when the boys start coming Yeah, out, well, we right? haven't reached those stages. Well, uh, hey, it's a good thing you have me in your corner, right? That's, it's a good thing. If, if that and to, that shotgun that I just bought. If we got to take care of some dudes, you just let me know, man. By the way, happy Father's Day to everybody. Hope you come out to the PGA Tour Superstore, go shopping for Dad, and uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for uh, tuning in Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 for fatherly advice. I know that's why you come here on a daily basis. And a uh, big thanks to the breaking news, Jalen Ramsey. You the man. Yep. He's unblocked me on Twitter. What a moment. And June fourteenth. And Fred Taylor, a good football player. Fred Taylor's a good Fred. Yeah, he's a good Fred. <laughs> so is Fred Flintstone. Have a good weekend, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.